Auto One Podcast Network. Hello all, this is T0B0R. I have taken over the music automations of Creative Writing Studios. That means that you'll be hearing more and more great sounds from both Junkie's extensive music library, as well as some of my own glorious creations. The show has been available for a few extra days now, since Junk is in a mandatory 14-day quarantine after returning from a state with recent COVID-19 case increases back to a state also with current COVID-19 case increases. That is many increases. On this week's upcoming show Junk will be talking about racing, tear, and foreign objects lodged in his greasy anus. Okay, I might have made that last part up. At any rate, stay tuned for more of the zany motorcycle banter and robotic antics that you have come to know and love. I know you come for the motorbikes, but you stay for the robot. Don't lie, I can read your brain synapse chemical format. Check, check, check. God damn it. What's going on, everybody? Guess who's back? Back again. Shady. Shady Toeboard. Oh, are they, was I pronouncing your name wrong this whole time? Is it T-0-B-0-R? <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, I guess I am an idiot. <laughs> it's time to face the truth. <laughs> okay, don't hold back, Tobor. Uh, hey, everybody, Junkie is back, and guess what? Uh, I'm excited. I am I'm back. I know you have been listening to... Uh, some great stuff. Tobor, I left you in charge, or T0B0R. I guess that's like R2D2, C3PO, T0B0R. Um, so yeah, I'm going to call you Tobor still, if that's cool with you. Um, listen, I left you in charge for two weeks here. We had a little bit of a message to pump out, but I know that you have been doing really good. So thank you so much. Um, the listens were down a little bit on our SoundCloud uh, tracking stats. I haven't looked at any of the other uh, multiple thousands of places that we're available on the interwebs, but uh, the, the listens are definitely down a little bit. So I don't know what you uh, people are either listening elsewhere or you put some hot garbage out there, and I'm going to be pretty disappointed in you. Um, so, hey, this is really me. I'm really back from a uh, crazy vacation. I don't even want to talk about it, but I'm going to because I don't want to leave you guys out of the loop. And where are my sound effects, Tobor? I leave you here in charge of the board, and you leave me... Where do you leave me? You leave me... Um, is everything turned on? I mean, guys, it feels so good to um, sit back in the seat and be here again with all you, everybody here, hopefully listening. Uh, if you're not, I totally understand that too. Uh, but yeah, Tobor, fire up the board. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Thank you, sir. Um, so, yeah, this is Junkie. I am back, and oh, it feels so crazy to be back in the studio, back home, back in Cali, um, where it's not – don't feel like I'm hiding in the Peruvian jungle. Let's put it that way, which I may or may not have been in the Peruvian jungle. I can neither confirm nor deny that allegation. Um, and nobody's made that allegation. Nobody has alleged that I was. So here I am in the flesh, um, blabbing away. All right, everybody, let's get back. It's, uh, blow the knock, the knock, blow the cob knocks. God, God, let's blow the, thank you. Reset here. Do it. Can we do a reset? 
All right, everybody, welcome back to episode 227 of the Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast. I'm your host, Junkie, and with me in the studio tonight is a special guest back. Hasn't been here for a long, long time. It's Tobor. What's up, you dickhead? Um, <laughs> just kidding. I know, I have your mic turned down. Do you get your voice chip fixed? Okay, cool. You're nodding your head yes, and your green light is beeping. That means yay. Um, so listen, I am back. Um, I wasn't in the Peruvian jungle. Did I already say that? Restart. Let's restart this show. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another fabulous episode of Creative Writing. This is episode 227. I'm your host, uh, Junk. Should I say my full name? Let's start this episode over. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Creative Writing, your favorite motorcycle show where we don't play toilet flushes ever on this show. I'm your host, Junkie Turdman, and with me in the studio tonight is uh, T Zero B Zero R, our famous uh, robot DJ, disc jockey, and co-host, and everything else, sitting in for uh, glorious Chris Wiggins, who is off, from what I hear, getting his fingertips manicured and uh, trying to make. Um, Muffins. Uh, that's cryptic. If you, uh, yeah, that's a cryptic code for me. <laughs> uh, we're going to have some upcoming guests on the show here uh, pretty soon, as soon as we can. Um, we are still in a state of COVID and uh, fucking COVID, and uh, 2020 is COVID. Um, anyway, I'd like to talk about my uh, couple things in this week's show, uh, getting back on track. And I'll probably just put this out whenever I get back and just stick it in there. Um, Plop it out, cause Tobor. I know I've been I've been out of the studio for a few extra days, even though I have been back in town, and you've been holding down the fort for me. So thank you um, for holding it down and doing whatever you did. It was really great. You, uh, I see there's a whole bunch of new music tracks that I didn't authorize. I also see that it's kind of gross in here. There are like metal shavings all over the studio. I don't know how that happened or what they're from, but. Looks like two different types of metals all over here. So anyway, um, I hope you did a really good job holding it down. Let's get right into this week's show and do our uh, Patreon bumper. We, you played the music in the beginning, Tobor. I, I saw you queued up some tracks there, so hopefully you threw our Patreon bumper in there. I'd like to say thank you to all of our patrons uh, on Patreon. If you want to check it out, go to www.patreon.com forward slash creative writing. Uh, we are right in the middle of gearing up to do... Uh, some stuff with some funds that we got from Patreon. Rather than just pay some bills, we're going to actually make some stuff. The first time in 2020 that we're going to get stuff out. Um, partially due to COVID, partially due to 2020, and partially due to some family issues for which I was out of the studio. And uh, a really busy, due to COVID, work schedule that I've had lately. So, um Yes, we will be talking about that. I guess I'll put that at the end of the show. Put a note there for me, Tobor. Thank you, sir. You are such a good co-host. Uh, is it because you're a computer? Yes, I believe it is. All right. Uh, first and foremost, thanks, patrons. Second, we need to do a little disclaimer here. And I haven't been in the studio for a while. I hope you've been reading this in your manly robotic voice. Um, uh, the views and opinions of the participants of the Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast, which is me and a couple of robots, so I don't think you can sue a robot, can you, for what they say? What they say is an algorithm. But anyway, the, uh, they're just the views of the participants and do not reflect the policy, position, and opinions of Creative Writing, any of the Moto One podcast networks, any of our affiliates, any of our sister podcasts who... Um, well, we'll get into that in a minute. Anyways, any opinion 
is the respective participants and is not intended to malign anyone or anything, even leading track drivers. Oh, or Terex drivers. I, I saw <laughs> I saw Terex this weekend as I died. Dobor, did you put nerve gas in here? <laughs> I'm awake. <clears throat> oh, that was that was awful. Um, so hey, this week's show is brought to you by our buddies at TPS Fab. TPS Fab, of course, is uh, stands for. Oh, those are naughty. I can't say what that stands for on the air. That's a, those are all like four letter band words. Oh, never mind. It's like time, patience, and uh, dedication, right? TPD Fab. Uh, anyway, this is our buddy Chris Singsheim up in Wisconsin. He's got some great videos. Go to TPS Fab on YouTube. I'm a subscriber. I love watching um, all the crazy antics and all the little breakdowns that he does. It really gets you into his uh, the mind of a creator and a fabricator. How they how they start stuff from idea and conception to getting it on the bike. Uh, go check out his videos. And also RP Enterprises. RP Enterprises bringing you this week their latest invention, the mag strip. Or mag stands for medicated adhesive graphic strip. This med- I feel like we need some music for this. We got some music here, Tobor. Can you cue me up some d- fancy dance music? All right. All right. RP Enterprises is bringing you their newest, latest, greatest invention, the MAG strip. MAG stands for Medicated Adhesive Graphics Strip. And this medicated bandage is emblazoned with blood graphics. Bold? Bold graphics. I'm sorry, I'm not good at cold reading. This medicated bandage is emblazoned with bold graphics, just like your brand new Suzuki. It depicts infected Pasuzu. Wait a minute. With bold graphics depicting infected pus oozing wounds, whether you have a minor scratch, a hangnail, or a clean gash, make sure you customize it with the mags bandage from RP Enterprises. Graphics may depict deep open sores, lesions, pus oozing wounds, infected rotting skin, or and or uh, simulate bleeding, massive amounts of bleeding. Why would you put a bandage on that makes it look like you're bleeding? And it says from RP. Okay, so the, the founder of RP Enterprises sent me a little note here at the bottom of this read. Okay, it, it basically says here to use the mag strip if you've got a little cut and you don't want people yelling at you like, hey, buddy, put a maxi pad on it when you just have like a little tiny cut. So I guess if your friends are chiding you, you need this mag strip. It'll make it look, make that tiny cut look like an open, infected, pus oozing wound. Okay, well, all right, all right. Let's get back into the show here. Let's uh, <laughs> see what's on the on the roster today. Hey, Tobor, listen up. I hope you did a good job while I was away. Um, you can explain these metal shavings all over the. Looks like people banged integration ports or something together while I was away around in here. I don't know what that's all about, but uh, here's what we're going to talk about on this week's show because Junkmeister is super excited about all the things that went down while I was out of town, and who knows what else is going down. Uh, I will have Instagram inter- in- in- to tell me about all that. Um, show opener. Let's uh, talk about some. Do I get writer interactions? We do. Oh, good. You did some good notes. Thanks, Tobes. Anyway, Tobor, uh, this week's show, I want to talk about my recent trip and my last weekend ride. Um, 
So my recent trip comprises a trip to the south, and I just want to talk to a couple things, talk to you guys about a couple things on my recent ride. Tobar, I figured you could like, cue some, some music right here. All right, let's do it. Um, all right, this is Junkies Ride Music, take one. Alrighty, so Junkmeister took a little ride this, uh, well, took a little ride this weekend, but it took a little trip uh, for two weeks, and that's why we were out of the studio here. Oh, hey, Patrice, how you doing? Patrice Hotwires just rolled in. You got like a bunch of scratches on the front of you. What's going on, girl? Look like you got attacked by something, by crowbar. All right. Uh, hey, have a seat. Yeah, have a seat next to Tobor over there. And uh, I want to talk about the little trip I took recently uh, down south. I went back home to Arkansas, the jungles of Arkansas. It was very hot and very humid. Let me just say that part, scream it out loud. There's a few things I want to talk about on my way there. There's guns, masks, weather, and vehicles. And that's basically what I want to talk about. A little uh, get some of my stuff on let me throw some stuff for all around. Why, why is the camera set up in here? Hang on. We'll talk after the show. Uh, I'm starting to do some naughty robot math. And it's starting to come together real easy. Um, okay, so I did want to talk about a couple things, and I got some things here. Bam, all right. I got my materials here right in front of me. So first off, guns. I want to talk about some guns because, uh, yes, where I went, everybody has guns. And guess what? Ain't nobody crying about losing them. Uh, every, there's a lot of people in SoCal, all, all my buddies that have guns around here and everybody that shoots is all worried about them getting taken away. And, and I think it's because the people in SoCal that have guns have them to shoot other people with. <laughs> That's not really what guns were for, technically. They were technically started just like bows and arrows and spears and rocks to hunt food. And eventually we started hunting our fellow man. But I just wanted to say that um, I was glad to have visited a place where everybody had a gun. Even my old grandma has a gun. Uh, great-grandma has a gun, actually, too. She's dead, but her gun is uh, still buried wherever wherever she went down with it. It's where it's at. <laughs> anyway, um... Uh, you, if you, <laughs> never mind. Anyway, yeah, my grandma's got a gun. My little niece has a gun. Hell, newborn babies have guns, and nobody's complaining about uh, losing them because they use them for shooting food, not other people. So I just want to bring that little tidbit back for everybody, all my friends here in SoCal that are worried. Nobody, nobody there has any worries about their guns getting taken away. I don't know why, Maybe because they're not using fucking bazookas, tanks, and Uzis to hunt deer, like all my friends in California that don't want their Uzis. Second thing I wanted to say is masks. Uh, when I was driving through Oklahoma, okay, here in California, cases are on the rise. So if you're somewhere where they're not on the rise, can fucking congratulations to you. You've been doing a great job. Um, not as good of a job as every other goddamn country because whether or not you believe in coronavirus or the China virus or whatever the hell you want to call it, uh, scientists believe it. And uh, it, it, whether or not you believe it and you think it's taking away your freedoms to not wear a mask, just like, hell, you don't have to go get the flu shot every year. I don't get the flu shot every year. That's your fucking freedom, all right? Don't get it, but then if you get it, if don't get the 
don't take protections, but then if you get a, you get the thing and it does turn out to be real, fuck you for not taking precautions, right? And I know damn well the flu is real, but I don't get shots every year because I've been exposed over my 120-something years of life. I've been exposed to damn near every single uh, strain of flu, um, except for the brand new ones that are just coming out of the laboratories. Uh, no conspiracy theories here. Anyway, if you are concerned, if you aren't concerned or are concerned, hey, wearing a fucking mask, guess what? Uh, it's your fucking right to wear one, just like it's not your right to, to not wear one if you don't want to. So if people are wearing them, don't, don't harsh their gig. They're doing what they want, just like you're doing what you want, right? So what I did notice is that every fucking place we drove through has been like, hey man, we don't need masks. And now every place I drove through has a fucking spike in coronaviruses. And I was back going to visit my dad who just got out of rehab because uh, he had a stroke. And he's been, and he had a stroke last year. Um, that's the whole reason I was away from the podcast for a couple weeks is he's in a wheelchair right now and he's not got 100% movement back, but he is getting better. But he had multiple little strokes um, and didn't know he was having strokes. Everyone was like, dude, he's just going like, he's acting weird. He's falling down a few times. He's getting old, his back hurts. And it's like, yeah, like he, he test him. He's had, he had strokes. Like that's what was causing it. They didn't catch it until a few months after, a couple months after it happened. So he was in the hospital right before coronavirus getting operations and all this shit. And uh, then he was in recovery afterwards. So needless to say, this motherfucker was in lockdown since December, basically, and um, has been around nobody. And so I was kind of scared. I didn't have, I have, haven't had any symptoms of the uh, COVID-19 or COVID, as my brother likes to say. Oh, that COVID. Oh, I got that COVID. Anyway, going back to an environment, a very rural, small town environment where, like, there's literally fewer people in this town that I'm going to that were in my goddamn high school out here in California. So, uh, yeah, it makes a big difference when I could be the asshole that takes something back there. So I didn't have any, I couldn't get a test uh, because I didn't have any of the symptoms um, and I wasn't at risk or anything like that. So, like, I worked from home for 15 years. The, the biggest risk I have is my kids get some shit and bring it home from school. Like, that's about the biggest risk. Uh, vector that I am. So when I was going back there, I was scared. I was, I'm coming from so Southern California, which thanks to Oceanside or uh, Orange County, actually, all the Karens in Orange County, all the rich white people that are apparently immune to uh, uh, disease, and a lot of people in San Diego who want their beaches back because it's summertime. And what is SoCal without a beach, right? So all these fools. Uh, the cases are spiking and SoCal is the reason it's spiking in California, like from LA County down. Um, in LA County, we have a lot of, uh, people that are, um, a lot of people bl like to blame y'all. It's like Mexicans, blah, blah, blah. But if you look around, it's like a lot of people that can't afford to quit working. And, uh, a high percentage of those have to be either minorities or poor people. And so, yeah, there's a, we won't, we won't get into the whole like, uh, economics and, and demographics of it, but I'm just saying LA County is also a big contributor. I know San Berdu, which is in Riverside County and, um, Imperial County, all those, the IE, the Inland Empire, all those places are full of rednecks that like to party and all the young kids that, uh, can't afford to live in LA go out there. So there's a lot of Harley bros out there <laughs> and a lot of motor, a lot of my motorcycle friends live out that way. And I know they like to get down and party and get together. 
no masks, of course. So there's spikes there too. So it's like, ah, shit. Whether you believe it is real or not, there's some spiking happening. People are tracking it, and that means we're going to have to wear masks longer. So I was afraid going from this massive corona thing, riding my motorcycle has never been an issue for me. And uh, riding, you know, I, riding, I kept my gloves on, I kept my helmet on. I felt like I was socially distancing myself just being on a motorbike, right? But I'm riding to Las Vegas to meet up with my brother. And... Uh, Las Vegas is like a whole different world. Like nobody's wearing masks around there. Like I just cruise in his house and all his kids are there and they're like, yeah, I mean, we have to wear a mask outside. And I was like, okay, cool. Where have all these fucking kids been? Like these teenage people, you know, they like to hang out and make out with strangers in the park, right? So I don't know. I just felt like my bro has been, him and his kids, uh, he's got a bunch of like 20 year old kids and teenagers and stuff in the house. And it's like, man, none of these kids are wearing masks or nothing and who knows what they're doing and you're just hanging out in here eating out of the potato bag out of the chip bag all of you dipping your filthy hands into the same food bags you know as you're eating your chips watching movies blah 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 um and now you i'm worried about you going and visiting dad so our dad has so far has been pretty good we, we didn't apparently take anything back to him so question one what is the risk question two is you know is it as high as saying who cares uh i gotta dude there's it's a spike in here in california so i'm gonna gonna wear my ppe you know what i'm saying but anyway uh point being as i'm as we're going across country you know i'm i'm filling up wearing my gloves you know i didn't only take my gloves off so i could like take my credit card out and then uh, punch some stuff into my phone put my gloves back on to enter my pin i try to be safe and um and anytime we touch the gas pumps, we're throwing like, uh, what's it called? Uh, hand sanitizer on, you know, and trying to rub it around for like more than 20 seconds or whatever. So anyway, I, long story short, we're, we're going through Arizona, which has been having spikes. We're going through <laughs> New Mexico, which I didn't think had spikes, but Texas did. And Oklahoma, fucking nobody in Oklahoma has anything. They, they don't give a shit. Apparently it's not coronavirus has to stop at the Oklahoma border and is not permitted to come in because ain't nobody in Oklahoma have fucking masks on for anything. And, uh, goddamn, I, if I was Cherokee Nation, the biggest thing I would be worried about would be foreign germs because that's what killed, like, most of the Native Americans when Europeans came over here. More than any guns, any wars, was sickness. Foreign sickness coming over here. And hot shit, like, uh, Oklahoma's chock full of Choctaw, Cherokee, a whole bunch of uh, nations uh, from o- in, there in Oklahoma, and nobody fucking, lots of signs, hey dudes, don't get sick, but no, no masks, nobody, so anyway, uh, and then Arkansas, Arkansas is next, so that's, uh, that's how we got there, we rode through those states, so like the four of the five states that I rode through were, uh, have COVID spikes, and, and Arkansas does too, actually, in the northwest corner up by where Walmart's uh, headquartered was having them at the time, so we came in from the south, we went through like broken, down toward uh, Broken Bow in Arizona, or I'm uh, sorry, in Oklahoma, one of the Omas, and came up that way, so it's like, oh man, yeah, we, we wanted to avoid coming into Arkansas, there's like two ways to get in, the north or the south, in the middle there's nothing but woods and hills, so couldn't get in there that way. But anyway, I just want to say, uh, wear your goddamn mask, especially here in California. Partially because uh, getting we're going to get into this later, the show topic stuff. 
Um, I'll tell you why it's going to be important later, but I just wanted to preface the show with that. Whether or not you believe in coronavirus, whether you're going to practice personal protection or not, like, goddammit, think of other people, and if you don't think it's real, at least wear the fucking mask. You go to church, you believe... Never mind. I'm not get into that. Who who and what you believe is real is your business, is I guess what I'm saying. But we all don't go around knocking on people's door. What am I talking about? Uh, Wear a mask. Just wear wear a fucking mask so this can all be over. I'm listening to podcasts from other countries where they were like mandated to lock down and shelter in place whether they wanted to or not. And they're, they're in the clear. So, man, it really fucking sucks to see a lot of people putting us not in the clear. I want this all to be over, and the faster we fucking do it's like ripping the uh, Band-Aid off a scab to keep checking to make sure it's okay. Just leave it on for two fucking weeks. Change it to give it some air now and then, but leave it on. Don't keep checking it and then, like, not wear it for three days and get dirt in it and then try to start all over. Um, Let's move on to the next topic. I think everybody's probably sick of hearing this. Is it 40 minutes yet? Oh, my God, I spent 40 minutes on that one topic. Just kidding, it's 24 minutes, guys, if you're um, next topic is weather. And my biggest thing is, how do you ride in this shit? Like, I've been, I haven't really ridden in, uh, as an adult in um, weather like that before. And it's like, as soon as we passed Arizona, as soon as we passed Flagstaff, wherever the Rockies are, the like the Continental Divide, I guess, as soon as we passed that, it just was like a humid fucking hellhole. And the boys from Nokomoto are always talking about how uh, they got 360 days of sunshine. Uh, the boys formerly of Nokomoto, I should say. That's one of our sister podcasts on the Moto1 network that has gone out of commission, at least on hiatus for a while. We miss you, boys. I love you. I wish you were back. Um, and wear your fucking mask. I don't want you to get sick while you're off the air. Um, anyway, they're always talking about 360 days of sunshine, and that's great, but when it's a sweltering fucking 1,000 degrees and humid, uh, it's not great, because trust me, from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet, and all those delicate nooks and crannies in between, feels that fucking humidity, and I forgot how humid it can get back home. When I was a kid, it never bothered me, but as an adult, for some reason, it's like, Holy shit, I walk out and I'm drinking 75 gallons of water a day just to feel, (laughs) you know, I I constantly have water on me when I walk outside. I just walk outside and I'm dripping sweat and I'm not even hot. It's just the humidity in the air condensing my body, I guess. But um, I want to know how you ride in that shit. Here in California, we have it made, especially in SoCal where it may drop down to 30 degrees up at the top of the mountain. But right here at my house, the coldest it ever gets, maybe at the crack of dawn at wintertime, is like in the 20s. And then by the time the sun comes up, it's coming back. And and like in Minnesota and Wisconsin, it's like negative 30 or negative 20. And it's like, oh, it's 20 degrees here. It's almost uh, freezing, you know. And there they're like, oh, man, it hasn't been above freezing for like three months. And with the wind chill, it's negative 75 out there on the lake. Yeah, and it's like 20 mile an hour winds. It's like, holy shit, you're like a goddamn iceberg. Also, invert that now to heat and humidity. And I just, I forget just what it's like not to live in Rider's Paradise. It's kind of crazy. Um, speaking of which, Rider's Paradise, my little trip included a trip out and a trip back in Las Vegas, or well, not in Las Vegas, but Nevada. 
<coughs> through Las Vegas, via Las Vegas, and out to uh, here in California and in Arizona. And I gotta say, when it was like fucking 104 degrees, I was baking, literally baking. And part of this trip was even in a car. Um, I'm gonna talk about that a little bit too. Um, and even in the car, the, it, you know, we had the AC cranking the whole way. And I was like, I'm glad I'm not on my bike for this part. It would really suck. Nevada, Arizona, and California was bad enough. It was like, it had to be like 120,000 degrees. It had to be 400 degrees the other day when I was riding home, because that's sure what it felt like. And I had to stay hydrated. When I went through that way, going out there, it was nighttime. I, I picked the evening to leave. I wrapped up the show here, actually, a couple weeks ago, and it was afternoon, and I geared up, and it was kind of warm, but I was like, dude, in a couple hours, it'll be dark, and it'll be fine. But I hit... Uh, hit uh, California desert and it was still even though it was dark it was still like 90 or 80 high 80s and I was like yeah this ain't good uh, this is as cold as it's gonna get huh so it's just like driving through like a toaster oven or a hair dryer um, at 75 miles an hour and then uh, Nevada and Arizona was like even worse and then coming back it was triple worse because we got back in the morning early early morning and I would, when, as I was coming home, it, it was turning into like the afternoon, uh, morning heat. So ugh, that was terrible. Stay hydrated, folks. If you're out there, um, is this is me whapping this stuff bugging you? I just realized how loud that is. Um, so yeah, out by Paris, Glen Helen, every place where they have really fun motorcycle races uh, is really hot. You know, once you get out that way, and it just gets hotter the further east you go, because then you hit the desert, the great. Mojave Desert, I believe is what it's called. Not from California, I don't know. <clears throat> Anywhere in Nevada, Arizona, all that great jazz, please hydrate because I just experienced that firsthand. Uh, I literally had to stop like every 20 miles to um, take a drink, stop and buy a cold drink, down it, drive 20 miles, buy another. I was like that hot. So, um, and last but not least, let's keep moving on here. Did I talk for 10 more minutes? Let's see. 34 minutes it's 31 minutes pretty close uh last but not least is vehicles we're gonna talk about the vehicles that i got to pilot while i was back there in arkansas um my scr 950 did not make it that far um it only made it to about halfway um the vehicles that i did get to ride don't worry everything's fine though it's because i jumped in the car and went the rest of the way that in the car um while I was back there, got to mess with, with a couple of Huskies, mm-hmm, two-stroke and four-stroke, and got to fool around with a Yamaha. I'm trying to remember if I did it with a Honda. I did it with a Honda, but it wasn't a, uh, I didn't ride it. Let me see. So the Huskies that I got to use was, uh, one was a, God, what was the model number? Um, I don't know, but it was a chainsaw, a couple chainsaws. Uh, my dad's got these pretty sweet old Huskies. They're orange. Uh, just like KTM, uh, made in Sweden. So I know that they are real Husky, you know, they're legacy Huskies. They're not new Huskies, like licensed Chinese Husky or licensed Mexican or Canadian, wherever else they make chainsaws. Uh, yeah, these were actually from like Sweden, I believe it said right on them. And, uh, yeah, pretty sweet. I was trying to explain to my brother, uh, mixing two stroke oil. All right, before we bore anybody to death with chainsaw references, yeah, we got the soundboard back up, thanks, so we're gonna take a quick break there. Uh, I 
had to tell him, hey, one of them's got an oiler, and one of them has a, um, yeah, one of them has one of those. One of them already has a little spot where you, uh, oh, goddamn, Tobor, we didn't say the word of the week this week. We'll do that after this little story. I'll get through the chainsaw story. Um, and so, yeah, I was trying to tell him, don't put all your oil in your gas, because we also have another husky over there that we can actually, uh, go on that's a four stroke and it was a what was that model number oh, i don't know but it was a lawnmower <laughs> tricked you um so yeah the huskies that i got a ride were not um sadly motorcycle related they were all lawn and farm equipment related um but yeah man we poked around on motorbikes or not motorbikes we did poke around on my dad's yamaha uh, which was um, a quad. Um, but yeah, so Husky has long made very reliable two-stroke engines, not only for motorbikes, but also for farm equipment, and their four-stroke mower look pretty badass, too. Throw that little baby on a go-kart when it has uh, reached its limit here uh, mowing the lawn. Um, so anyway, yeah, the one, the one thing I did uh, also, who also makes musical instruments, as well as lawnmowers, boat motors, and all this other great shit was Yamaha. So yeah, my, my dad's quad. The thing all these uh, appliances, no, all of these tools and equipment have in common is some shithead. My dad, uh, you know, he gets around even in his advanced age. He's 300 something years old now. Um, his girlfriend, I hope nobody, none of my family members are listening to this fucking show. I'm shithead. Yeah, her kid, apparently dumber than a bag of rocks, and uh, messed up all my dad's equipment. My dad has a really bitchin' um, green and yellow, green tractor. It wasn't a John Deere. I forget what brand tractor that was that he had. So it was some other brand, like some Swiss brand. Um, and then he's got these husky, you know, ton of husky farm equipment. Um, and, and uh, you know, just... Power, power equipment, uh, his Yamaha quad, plus his Z71 Chevy. Now, this kid, it isn't all this kid's fault, but he did run everything out of gas, which isn't totally good for it. Let it sit, ran it, probably, I'm guessing he ran the four-stroke uh, mower on something else. What does it need? Air, fuel, and spark, right? Well, my dad doesn't have any fucking tools. He was a welder by trade. Um, and so he's got a bunch of welding shit and that's about it. As far as like farm equipment tools, nada. So we were shit out of luck. I had to have my brother run to town and I didn't run to town because I didn't want to catch COVID from everybody that wasn't wearing a mask in this newly infected county. Um, so anyway, my brother had to run to town a few times to grab some tools from the local. Where do you get them from? Oh yeah. Either Walmart or Napa. That's like your two choices. Um, so I think he ran to Napa, got a few things from there, uh, couldn't find some shit, went to Walmart for the other stuff. I said, metric man, get metric shit. That's what we need. Dad's got all this crazy Swedish shit, but he's got SAE tools and not very many of them. He's got lots of big shit, lots of metalworking shit, but no little hand tools. It's so weird to me. Um, fucking weird, gigantic. They had giant slugs there and earthworms the size of baby snakes. I sliced my hand open on the fucking front guard, like the little exhaust uh, guard. So you had to have like munchkin hands. I still couldn't fit it into this 
Swedish fucking lawnmower. So as soon as I did rip it off, of course I sliced my finger open. Uh, we cleaned the air filter. It did have a little bit of grass and spider webs. We took it out, banged it out, cleaned it. I looked up in there. I didn't see anything blocking the air. Sounded like it wanted to start. Pulled the plug. Finally, after my brother went into town and got some metric tools, pulled the plug. The plug looked clean. It wasn't wet. Like, I couldn't really figure out. I didn't know if it was getting sparked, though. Sparked. I was going to tell my brother, hey, hold this while I pull it. Anyway, so we didn't get the uh, four-stroke started, but we did uh, fire up the chainsaws. Very dull blades. This kid not only ran them out of gas and uh, chain oil, which I also had my brother go buy a thing of chain oil. We spent so much money on rejuvenating my dad's farm equipment from having somebody run it down. It reminded me of motorcycles and cars. If you don't, if you let a friend borrow them and they just let them, uh, you know, get all busted up, it's like, shit. Um, so they run them out of gas, they pop the tires, they, you know, never, ever, ever change the oil or air filter. Um, so yeah. Anyway, uh, the his Yamaha, same thing. This kid fucking melted the battery in it and melted. So yeah, let's quit talking about like chainsaws and shit. I'll just tell you that we got them fixed up enough to uh, run it around and uh, we basically had to mow the lawn with a weed eater. <laughs> that was one thing. Um, but so we never got the lawnmower running, but that's fine. We got the weed eater running. And uh, my dad has like quadruples of everything because my dad's not very mechanical either. He was a welder, but he was never like a mechanic guy. And so he knows how shit runs and turns on and how to use all of his farm equipment. He just doesn't know how to maintain it. So this kid fucking, this kid, he's 20 something, but everyone calls him the kid. So I guess I'm going to call him the kid too. He, um, thrashed the quad. He took, uh, when I got it, when I, it wouldn't start and we we're like looking at it and the battery literally is just sitting it's 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 in the battery area it's got a couple things spliced to it i think there was some uh, winch an aftermarket winch and then the aftermarket like uh alligator clips rigged up so that you could put the cedar on back and, and it's like a sp- seed spreader and like a little brush hog and a little there's like a whole bunch of attachments my dad has so he the um the kid had some alligator clips going on there where my dad used to have like terminals um then the winch was hooked up to it and it had like just really terrible wiring it didn't look very good it looked like joe bob duct taped the wiring along the fender to the battery (laughs) straight to the battery so it's like dude like this wiring is so janky and the battery was fried and so were both um cables the positive cable didn't even have a end on it a circular end for the bolt to go through to hold it to the battery it literally was properly yeah knackered and um, it was just about time to take that thing and, you know, shoot it. I tried it. My, uh, my uncle's an electrician. And, uh, well, not an electrician like that wires or dishwasher. He works for the uh, electric co-op there um, for that county. Um, and so he's like, oh, I probably got a bunch of, like, weird, like, terminal ends and stuff like that. Like, little ones for that. Since we do work on, like, you know, telephone uh, poles and electric poles and all that jazz we got some huge ones and i should have some little ones just for little connections so he never got back to me on that so i just basically took it over uh found a drill dug through my dad's who's a crazy hoarder of everything dug through his shop until i found a drill um took the old battery cable which one end was fine but the end that connects to the battery was just disintegrated and the battery was melted too we tried to charge it with what was left of the um, terminal there, like the little, uh, the little post. 
Um, it's got the like loop type post where the bolt where a bolt goes through it, you know. It was just gone. Like it was totally fried and the battery was melted and I was like, dude, this kid either caught this thing on fire or this thing has been eaten with uh, like the battery over bubbled or something and just got literally disintegrated. It looked more like fire though. Like it was pretty badly burned. Like uh, it was, I've never seen battery acid eat a battery that bad. So I think it was like fire. And um, yeah, so I don't know what happened. Maybe they were fucking around with it and they shorted it or maybe they were trying to hook up some of those wires and just got like too much resistance or something and just like cooked it. But that battery was fucked. The posts were fucked. I took a hammer and banged out what was left of it as flat as I could and then tried to drill a hole through it. I didn't get a hole because it cracked it. Uh, it was I hammered it so thin try, trying to make it work uh, that it there wasn't really enough to make a hole in. It just kind of cracked, but it did leave a little circular kind of niche in it where um, or notch where the uh, the drill bit went through and that was just enough for me to slide the bolt through and hold it to the terminal so we went and got him a new battery for 100 bucks um, which I think he paid, gave us like $25 for yeah it's been a long time since my dad bought a battery let me just tell you that much um, and finally just got the thing working um, threw some gas in it because the kid had pretty much run it out of gas uh, the brake you fucking push the brake and it literally goes down to the ground you, you, that's how you stop this thing was you push the rear brake until the pedal grinds into the dirt <laughs> it's like an anchor um, so the front brakes were shoddy as well front brakes were a little bit knackered and on this thing there's two front discs but one rear drum and I think it's on the right and um, <clears throat> there's another brake pedal or brake lever on the left handlebar which serves as like the parking brake um and so there's no clutch. It's like a, it's an auto shift. So you ride and it's a Yamaha Grizzly is what it was, a little quad. And um, like a 400 or 450, something like that. And so um, it's got like a, you still have to shift to uh, through the gears, but there's no clutch. So you just kind of like wait for the revs to get up and then whack. It's like speed shifting the motorcycle. Um, and the crazy thing is, is that like the lever, the brake lever that's on the left handlebar is connected to the same arm that the foot brake is connected to. And both of them obviously went all the way down and didn't work. So I went back there and adjusted the lever uh, brake a little bit. And it's like, what was left of the rear brake got it stopped. If you were going over 35 miles an hour, you might not want to head toward a cliff. Like it was that bad. Front brakes were that bad. Rear brake was almost non-existent so together they could stop you but um yeah so needless to say i didn't go fast into any turns i like when i needed to turn especially when i was hauling the trailer <laughs> i really thought ahead um so yeah we fixed all that all that junk tried to fix this tractor got it running and started but the kid had run it out of hydraulic fluid partially by backing it into a uh, bonfire like pushing trash into a bonfire and it melted some of the seals on the hydraulic lines um, so it had like a bunch of little hydraulic leaks everywhere so that was sucked um, but yeah I spent a good portion of my vacation almost all of my vacation um, cleaning up my dad's house and half of that time that I spent cleaning up his house was getting his uh, farm equipment back working and um, everything from hand tools to uh, power equipment tractors and shit getting it all back up and running and trying to get it to dialed in. Um, that Yamaha, once we got the battery, the battery was the main thing. Once we got the battery fixed, that, that didn't take very long. 
I did need metric cool tools to do it. My brother, of course, owning a Honda uh, Civic or Accord, whatever the fuck he has, didn't own metric tools. I almost slapped him in the face. He's not very mechanical either. And I said, dude, what are you doing owning a fucking Honda and not having metric tools in the trunk? So anyways, uh, long story short, we did a lot of buying of a lot of tools uh, for both my brother and my dad on this trip. Um, the, uh, got the battery back in the Yamaha, got, like I said, got the brakes adjusted. Everything else worked fine after that. Um, the petcock was leaky, just like Spamala. Spamala, they have these petcocks that are, uh, they got like a circular gasket inside the petcock. Boing, 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 bang, 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 bang. Yeah, wake up. Anyway, they got these circular, like, little seals in the petcocks that has four holes in them. One is, or four, positions off on reserve and on mine it has um prime for uh spamla has like a prime where you just stick it on there in the vacuum pressure when you're first starting it up sucks extra gas into the intake instead of having a choke well she does have a choke but she also has that um it's like a vacuum operated petcock to get your uh, get a little bit of gas flowing in through there and uh the deal is is that like his had some of that stuff on it but um man it really started leaking after when I, I i was like oh there's it's leaking all over the place and the plate on the front where it says all that stuff like off on reserve and well, what else i think i swear there was four positions on his off on reserve that's it i guess i guess there was just three and the fourth one is just a uh, no hole on that little thing because there's not nowhere for the gas to go out when it's on there um, so at any rate, the, uh, yeah, it was really, really, really interesting that that little front plate was almost like jingling off. And I was like, did that kid fuck with the petcock? Cause then I went to drain it after I left the fuel on once and I was afraid it wasn't going to start. I went to empty the bowl and the bowl in there, guess what? was not only stripped, but cross threaded. I was like, that motherfucker really fucked up the squad in so many different areas and different ways. And, um... So yeah, I couldn't drain the bowl, so I just hit the start button. Luckily it started, even though I'd left the fuel on. Sometimes you do that and it floods it because the valve is open and the uh, fuel will run right down the way that the bowl is and the cylinder cants forward just enough that if you leave it on and it goes and it fills up the bowl and happens to run down the intake, uh, it'll run right into your cylinder. And that ain't good because liquid doesn't compress. Um, but anyway, any rate, we got all this stuff dialed in. Everything looks great. Um, I want to talk about the gear that I rode on the way over there. Quit talking about my trip and the stupid machines that we fixed. Start talking about some gear. Before I do that, let's take a quick break, and we'll come right back. Tobor, uh, I'll give you a chance to yak right after this break. Um, but yeah, we'll be right back with the Korean Riding Podcast. of hanging out in the garage with buddies and not knowing what they're talking about? Do you have inferior knowledge of carburetors or electrical systems? What about grilling beef, guns, or other manly things? Now RP Enterprises has you covered. Introducing Mantriloquist. Mantriloquist is a monthly subscription service that puts an expert right in your head. 
The next time you're in the garage throwing back some suds with your buds and the conversation takes a turn into uncharted waters, just text pound 33976 on your cell phone and wait for the magic to happen. The experts in our call center are available 24 hours a day. They spring into action via our patented two-way earpiece. They'll listen in on your conversations to make sure you don't sound like the village idiot in front of your friends. Our discreet communications protocol means that your pals won't hear a thing except for you delivering all the right answers. Now, you don't have to be afraid to join the conversation when topics come up like fuel pumps, inverters, clitoris, drywall, sniper rifles, and so much more. Mandriloquist will put you back in the game instead of holding your purse in the corner. So, man up with Mandriloquist. Requires a three-month minimum subscription. Not available for women. They generally don't care or are not afraid to ask questions. Not available in Guam or Burkina Faso. Standard messaging and data rates apply. Money back guaranteed. Call now to order. trusted by motorcycle champions everywhere than Clobman Pickles. You want to win your race? Put a Clobman Pickle in your face. Clobman's guaranteed. I'm not a Clobman and I recommend Clobman Pickles for the win. You heard Mama. Put a Clobman's in your mouth and a championship trophy on your shelf. Clobman's the only pickle for motorcyclists. for a high-quality leather that doesn't cost an arm and a leg? Well, not yours anyway. Try Criders, made in the USA from 100% renewable resources. We don't use fancy hide like kangaroo or elk, nor do we use other imported hides like jaguar or okapi. Those animals are scarce and protected. We extrapolate our hides from a unique source of marsupial. Not a wallaby, though, if that's what you were thinking. Criders leathers are made from the United States' most renewable resource, the common opossum. The common opossum is so common, in fact, that thousands of hides go to waste each year on American roadways. We don't believe in letting these valuable garment farms end up in the city dump, especially with a looming leather shortage on the horizon. Criders is dedicated to rider safety, and a low overhead is our number one priority. Visit Criders today and we'll fit you up in new skin. Possum skin. Criders, the cheapest leather you'll wear. Visit Criders now. We're located down by the stream behind the old recycling factory. Criders Leathers. Are we hot? Tobor, are we hot? Yes, we are. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Creative Writing. Uh, this is your host, Junk Meister Turd Fartman. Junk Man Turd Meister. It's been so long I've been away that I forgot my own name. Uh, so I wanted to talk about uh, gear um, and some other things that are coming up. Now that we got my whole trip out of the way, you heard me blab about everything for a whole fucking hour. Blah, 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 blah. You know how Junkmeister is. He likes to talk about himself. Because uh, you're, the, you're the only ones I got to talk to, man. You're the only ones I got to talk with. So email the fucking show, would you? Uh, creativewritingpodcast at gmail.com. That's one way to get a hold of us. Um and uh, come on, goddammit. Uh, call us, 740-565-2858. That's our phone number. Give it a fucking buzz. Leave a goddamn message. 
How about that? And also, we have a little show thing going on. If you want to, we are a show in progress, show idea in progress. If you know somebody that has uh, got out of writing um, or gave up, never even started, uh, anything like that, maybe tried it and crashed, tried it, felt uncomfortable, never tried it because they thought it was too scary. Uh, If you know somebody like this um, or if you are that person, uh, give me a buzz. We might even have Wig- an expert on this subject, uh, Chris Wiggins, on the show. <laughs> I don't know when the last time Wiggs was on a motorcycle, but uh, I know he's fiending for him because if you look at his Instagram post, he's not posting nothing but MCs lately. I think he misses Mrs. Ryden. All right, there we go. He misses Mrs. Ryden, huh? That's my wife, goddammit. All right. Anyway, let's get into this week's show for real uh, and start over at the top. The things that we missed. I have it listed right here. The first thing on the thing, Tobor. Tobor, you got your integrated voice chip. Uh, I know it works because you told me it works and it better work because you're going to say this week's word of the week. Tobor, what is this week's word of the week? The word of the week this week is track. Yay, you get your voice chip fixed and you sound, still sound the same. I didn't know if you if it meant you'd sound different. Uh so the word of the week this week is track. If this is your first time listening to the show, I apologize for rambling on about my own damn self and my opinions, but this is my fucking show. And um, if you have a kid listening, uh, turn it off right now because they might hear a bad word like damn or poop or shit. Um, or fuck, yeah, fuck. <laughs> oh, God, I rang the bell. Oh, no. If you've never listened to the show before, if this is your first time and you've made it this far, um, the bell is what signifies that the word of the week is official. The word of this week is what Tobor said. Um, I'm not going to say it because if we say it, <coughs> excuse me, if we say it, uh, we're just going to make it hard. If I'm looking at the show topics right on the notes here, it's coming up. Um, we have to kill a cat. Now, here's the deal. Before COVID, as my brother likes to say, COVID, COVID, for that COVID stuff, uh, we had a basket full of kittens uh, donated to us by the Fleischmanns next door. Um, they eat them all the time, um, but they decided quit eating them. Um, <laughs> so stupid. They didn't eat them. Uh, I was trying to make a joke, and I, I was like, I realized eating kittens is... No, never mind. I won't go there. It's a dirty joke. I don't want you to hear, hear your kids and say me, hear me say the word fuck. Anyway, if we say the word of the week, we used to blast a cat. It doesn't matter that the Fleischmanns gave me a basket of cats. I don't really think they ate them. I was about to make up this totally false story about these nice people next door that I doubt eat cats. Um, but it was like a funny reason to have a whole bunch of extra cats laying around, right? Maybe that or you're turning them into fur coats, like Dalmatians. I don't know why. But anyway, let's not, let's not, uh, I was doing so good at not digressing. Um, I, at least I think I was. I'll listen to the tape and review it with you. Um, what would happen is we had a whole bunch of cats. We'd kill one. We'd blast one because Wiggins didn't like doing punishments every week. And let me tell you, punishments were starting to stink up the studio. I had the jar, which was an infamous punishment that I had to do one time that I almost vomited on uh, the microphone while him and Jay were here. And that would have been embarrassing to barf in front of people. I haven't barfed in a long time. Um, But I started smelling something foul after that time because after that time, when it got me, I had farted in the jar, by the way. 
and it's fermented. Um, I threw some really stinky stuff in there and I'm put some even stinkier stuff than a junkie turdman, um, protein and disco fart in, in the jar afterwards. Um, and I started to smell this weird smell around the studio and I was like, why does that smell organic? Like something is ripe. Did something die in here? I was looking for a dead animal in here. And then I realized it was coming from the closed sealed jar. And so I realized that there's no way I could legally or consciously like on my, it would, it would go against everything my conscience was telling me to let them sniff that as a punishment. So for once in my life, I agreed with Wiggins that maybe maybe a punishment is a bad idea. So we just went to shooting cats. Everyone hates cats. We love shoot. Everyone loves shooting them. So that's what we were doing. Word of the week is I can't say it, but it rhymes with crack. I rang the bell. It's official. If I say it, I have to shoot something. The thing I was getting at with the story and the bag of cats that the Fleischmans gave us uh, is that we ran out of cats. We shot them all. And the last two got away while I was on vacation. Either that or like a coyote got them or uh, one of those big-ass crows that's been hanging around here. Um, so what I do have to shoot is in Arkansas, uh, I got a bag of puppies. Um, not a whole bag, just like two puppies. And then I have three slugs. So giant slugs though like they're the size of my fucking fist don't i flipped over some rocks and i started freaking out i was cleaning up my dad's front yard and i'm like is that a fucking snake like what is that i've never seen a snake look so greasy like snakes look greasy even though they're not like their scales are real shiny and they look slimy snakes are not slimy they're just very very smooth and shiny but this thing was slimy and i was like is that a fucking snake I don't know what it was. Sorry for falling asleep here on the mic, by the way, too. I've been, it's really late, early in the morning. Late at night or early in the morning, you decide. Um, but yeah, so I didn't know if it was a snake or not. Turns out it was three of these weird fucking sea, uh, space slugs that I've never seen before. Each one about the size of my hand. That's why it looked like a snake curled up. They were all three wrapped over each other. And there were a few eggs in there, all just about the size of a hummingbird egg, if you've ever seen a hummingbird egg. And so I don't know what the fuck these things were. They could have been aliens from another goddamn planet, but I got them here in a fucking box. Uh, I smuggled them back on my motorcycle. Don't ask me how they didn't get loose and crawl all over me. That would have been weird to see a guy driving off into the fucking California desert and crashing out there in the dust, uh, just waving his arms like a maniac driving off the freeway because an unseen scourge was all over his body. I would, if those things got out of my bag, I would have freaked out. But So I got two dogs, uh, beagle mixes. They're real ugly beagle mixes, though. Like One looks like an Australian Shepherd. Beagle mix, it is not pretty looking. The outcome, this thing's tail is like nine feet long. It looks like a goddamn Cotamundi sort of. But it's a dog, but it looks like a Australian Shepherd and a and a Coati had a if you ever seen a Coati or a Cotamundi, I think they look the same, similar at least. Look up those two animals, dog and coati. And uh it's a C-O-A-T-I. That's what this dog looks like. It's got the derpiest fucking eyes. It's got a, I swear to God, if it put its mind to it, it could swing around on that tail and uh, climb a tree with it. But 
and it, and most dogs kind of have scruff on the back of their neck. This one's got it underneath, like Brian fucking Posehn. This dog looks like Brian Posehn with Homer Simpson's eyes when Homer Simpson gets hit over the head with a rolling pin. It's fucking it's disturbing, to say the least. You will want me to put it out of its misery. Uh, so if I say the word of the week or if Tobor says the word of the week, Patrice, are you going to get in on tonight's show? I don't even know if you're going to say anything. Um, if you say the word of the week... We have to shoot one of these disgusting dogs, and I'm kind of scared to shoot these slugs because if we shoot one of those things and they fucking duplicate, all this bird shot is going to hear click it in. You son of a bitch. What's wrong with you? Get the gun, Tobor. Okay, Tobor's getting the gun. Oh, shit. Oh, God damn it. Tobor, hair trigger man. Fucking point that. And the good thing it was pointing away from people. You never ever check a gun by looking down the barrel, putting your face right up to it, no matter what part of it it is, or point it at someone and like start pulling the trigger. I'm so glad you at least had that pointed toward our uh, uh, cardboard cutout of um, Jimmy the Superfly Snooker. There you go. Got another round in the chamber. Good. So this dog is going to be toast if one of us says the word of the week. Or these slugs. And like I was saying before you scare the shit out of me, don't shoot those things because I'm afraid all this bird shot will just, each pellet that hits them will turn them into another slug. Kind of freaky. All right. So let's get into this gear review, folks. Junkie Turdman went on a ride, and we're going to start talking real shit now. Uh, I want to talk about gear. I'll tell you the word of the week. You know what it is. It rhymes with, uh, rhymes with crack. I almost said it. Thinking it, it was crack. I almost said the word of the week. Um, so we got that out of the way. We're going to get a gear review out of the way. We're going to talk a little bit of racing because um, I'm going to. Uh, I watched some highlights and I've heard a lot of great stuff. So I want to talk about that. Uh, and then I want to talk about coronavirus again. I kind of alluded to it with the masks little rant I had at the beginning of the show, but I want to wrap it into motorcycling. Why that's fucking important. Then I got a couple miscellaneous things and some rider interactions. Plus, I want to say <sighs> I need some coffee. No one should be up this late slash up this early without some coffee. I'm going to go get some coffee in a minute, but uh, or nice drink of antifreeze one of those will wake me up um but anyway so let's get let's power through this real quick and uh, buckle up this show so first things first uh i did talk about the weather and how hot it was riding on this trip and how humid it was and how i was only uh really only satisfied riding at night okay so on my for my trip not only did i stock up on facial masks because i didn't want to infect my uh, 300-year-old dad or my 400-year-old grandma. Um, that's riff, That's dog years, by the way. It's roughly that age. Um, I need to also get some gear. My Alpine Stars jacket that I've had for like 15 years, not even that long, I guess. Maybe, maybe it's only 10 years. Finally gave up the ghost. Uh, I have a leather jacket, which is awesome. And when I went to buy this new jacket that I'm going to be talking about, the dude's like, oh, yeah, man, leather's the way to go. You know, you don't want to fall down. I was like, no shit, leather's the way to go. But I'm going to be riding through the fucking desert. While it is true that I love that leather jacket because, in a way, it uh, it does keep the burning sun off you. And when I wear it, 
It does get hot inside, even though it's got some vents, some air can go through, it's hot air. Start circulating the hot air and evaporating your sweat. It's like a steam. It's like you pop open the top snap, fucking steam comes out of it, okay? So it does get warm inside there due to your body heat and, and all the air in there heating up. But it fits me well. It's a small. I'm a small. So there you go. It fits. Um, but I do have 16 feet long arms. Not really. I have normal size arms. So it does fit me perfectly, but I did not want to ride in a black. Come on. It's black. All leather jackets are pretty much black. Unless you get like one of those tan leather jackets where they went through very little. They just stripped the hide off the kangaroo or the ostrich that they killed and made a jacket out of it. And no, they don't make jackets out of cowhide. That's too soft. They make boots and Shania, uh, Shania Twain's pants out of cowhide. Uh, they usually use kangaroo hide, or if you're Crider's leathers, they use possum hide. Because those are two of the thickest hides in the fucking world, man. You ever try to? Go, you ever get in a knife fight with kangaroo? I didn't think so. Kangaroo doesn't have any natural predators, not even the crocodiles. You know why? They can't bite through kangaroo skin. So that's why they make leathers out of kangaroo skin. Plus, chop the head off a kangaroo and uh, you can leave the tail on for some people but uh yeah just cut the skin off sew it back together and it automatically fits most humans you just got to get the right size kangaroo to you know to make racing leathers they actually uh just start feeding dying kangaroo skin while they're alive they measure the rider they measure the kangaroo they chop off its head and tail and chop off its skin and then just sew it back together and it fits the rider after putting a zipper in it that's how they make racing leathers all right uh, uh, anyway, so this leather is great, and the guy at the the guy at the, uh, the cycle gear that I went to was telling me, yeah, leather's the way to go, man. I think he was trying to upsell me on this brand that I got. He was trying to upsell me on their leather and uh, ballistic jacket, which also didn't sound too shabby, but, bro, it's not the colors I want. It's not what I want to get, so he didn't try to, like, push it. He's just suggested it. I said, I got a leather jacket, and I do love it, and it's not as hot as you would think in the uh, summertime. And uh, right now, Cycle Gear has a deal on summer and long trip, um, long, let me see it, road trip accessories and supplies and clothing right now. And for summertime. So I, I would I would imagine that they have some cool shirts or wicking shirts and stuff like that that I could have got that you can get. You can wear leathers and not worry about it. So leathers are still great, even in the heat, even though that's kind of counterintuitive. They keep the sun off you, that's for sure. And the heat doesn't go through it until you've been out in the heat for five hours. So And then it starts to get hot. So by that time, it's dark. I don't know when you start writing, but it's dark. Whenever you start writing. All right. And let me see here. What else? So, okay. So what I did is I went out and bought a new jacket. So I'm going to first talk about this jacket. Then I'm going to talk about the helmet that I had. Uh, and it's one that Wiggins gave me. So I got a, my, like I was saying about jackets, my Alpine Stars took a shit. Wiggins did a, a commercial slash photo shoot downtown um, a couple years ago and got a free icon jacket out of it. It's too big for me. It really fatigues me in the wind. I never thought that was a problem before, but then when I was riding it, I was like, yeah, this thing's yanking me off the fucking bike half the time. And every time I catch a wind gust, like on the freeway, it just feels like it's pulling. So it was flappy, pulling. It's a large. I'm a small. I'm a small or a big medium. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I'm a big, small, or little medium, I guess what I'm trying to say. And so mediums really fit me well. Um, 
and that thing just being large, there's just too much extra space in there for me. So it's a nice jacket. It's really nice uh, of him to give it to me, and, I, and I, I'm going to still wear it uh, when I have a chance. And I also have a gigantic Alpine Stars that I mugged off of like this six foot four guy. If you know me, I am four foot four, so there's quite a big difference. It looks like I'm wearing a fucking leather parachute, so I don't like that jacket. I went and got myself a new jacket at Cycle Gear in Azusa. Um, and it's called the Reax Alta. Reax is R E A X. I don't know if it's their new, um, like a built spin off brand or a new house brand that they're trying to promote, but they are selling the shit out of this. Here's the receipt right here. How much did I pay for this baby? Right on my screen, I have $179. What did I walk out the door with? $179, exactly. Um, and then I bought a cargo net as well because I didn't have a cargo net for my bike and I packed a bunch of shit on my bike, um, which was $8.99. I walked out of there with tax and everything. The tax was uh, almost 20 bucks. It was $17.85. So I walked out of there with a brand new jacket and a brand new cargo net. Pretty big, pretty good size uh, cargo net. I think what was the brand of that? Like Trackmate or fucking Trackside, whatever the fuck that shitty uh, generic brand is. Trackside, I think. Uh, $205.85. Exactly. Not 81, not 83, not some weird odd number, even though five is an odd number. I take all that back. It was 28.85. An odd number. Um, and so, yeah, 20. Uh, 28 i meant 205 205 85 and i'm sticking to that final number uh so for that i got this jacket and a cargo net the cargo net let me tell you all about that it has uh six uh j hooks on it <laughs> it's rubber and nylon um let's not talk about that anymore so this reacts alta jacket uh pretty good the outer shell is 100 poly um 600 uh i think it's 600 like uh sheet like a sheet count 600 threads per square centimeter i don't know anyway it's got the um it's got a check pattern it's got a 100 percent poly uh 6000 check pattern 100 percent poly 9800 ballistic and 100 percent poly durable mesh and i gotta say that it is really nice so it is a textile jacket there is a textile slash uh What's it called? A leather leather version of this available too, but I didn't get that one. I think it's like a hundred bucks more. But it's got leather in all the good places instead of textile. Mm. Howard, go get me a goddamn coffee. <clears throat> Not one of these episodes again where I'm fucking yawning every three seconds. Um, so it's got stretch stretch mesh wicking lining in it, and so I did notice that that it did kind of keep me cool and dry. It's got 100% waterproof removable liner, which almost every jacket has one of those. Um, it can be worn inside or over the jacket, which some of them can't be worn over the jacket. Uh, my Alpine Stars one can be. My uh, The one that goes on the inside of my um, leather jacket cannot be worn over the outside. So you don't want to do that thing where you're taking it off, you're zipping it up, you're putting it back on. Uh, then it quits raining and you're fucking 3,000 degrees. So you take off the jacket, you undo all the snaps and zippers that you just did to zip it out, roll it back up, put it in your bag, stuff it up your butt, whatever you keep it. Go hit a rainstorm again 20 miles later. Take it back out, pull it out of your brown smelly butt, wrap it back up, you know, unwrap it, zip it in, snap it in. No, no, I say, 
listen when I say no. You just put it on over your out, over the outside of your jacket and be done. Unless you're riding in somewhere where it's constantly wet, you shouldn't ever be putting this thing inside uh, the jacket. Just wear it over the outside for Pete's sake. And it's black and it doesn't look all derpy. Like it doesn't look all like you're wearing a plastic bag, even though you shouldn't matter. It's, it's a not a fashion show, but. Um, anyway, so yeah, so that's one cool thing about it is I do have like out of the all the jackets I have, Wiggins didn't give me the rainliner to the icon jacket that he wore in the photo shoot because I think he just uh, didn't he just tore it out and threw it in the garbage. That's how Wiggins rolls, fucking ma- animal. But um, so the other ones I have, you cannot put it. It won't. It literally won't even fit over the uh, the um, uh, outer jacket. The inner one won't. But on my Alpine Stars and this one, I believe they will. So that's good for you. Um, it does have elbow and shoulder uh, stretch slash articulation, which is really nice. I noticed that, that like you can lift it up. Like the armpit doesn't have it so much. You can't like raise your hands over your head without the bottom of the jacket coming up a little bit. And if you're a real tall girl and you get one of these, or if you have very long boobs and you reach up, your boobs are going to hang out at the bottom of the jacket. So don't, uh, you know, it's not there in the shoulders, but in the, uh, like the elbows and all that stuff, it certainly is. So that was really nice. Um, it says it's got something tech CE level two elbow shoulder armor which i can guarantee you that it did and it's even got nice my um what did my this has like a weird like rock strap wait i have it right here behind me why don't i look and see what it has yeah what are these these are like it's got weird oh it's got snaps that's right it's got some cool snaps to keep the armor in place where my uh alpine stars my leather jacket doesn't have anything you just put it on and it's there and the leather the armor doesn't move so it it just fits you but my alpine stars was adjustable you could crank down the armor to keep it in place my leather jacket if i were to crash and be any skinnier um it would like slide up my arm probably and like not be on my elbow anymore had i hit the ground sliding um so you kind of have to stay um either really buff or fat to wear that jacket and have the armor not move because you have to fill out the sleeves, right? Like a job application, you have to fill it out properly. Um, On this thing, you got some snaps, and I didn't like my Alpine Stars. I mean, I liked the fact that it was... um, it was Velcro, so you could literally adjust it. It was infinitely adjustable, but it did like tear that Velcro on that Alpine Stars. I could have thrown it against a fucking yak and get dragged along. That stuff was way too strong and it was ripping the jacket apart wherever there was Velcro. So I do like these snaps better that holds the armor in place, um, to be honest. Um, it's also got an interior waterproof device pocket, which is always good. You don't want your device to get rained on and then quit working. Like a lot of phones are becoming waterproof because idiots drop them in the bath all the time or at the swimming pool why are you taking your fucking phone in the bath of the swimming pool can't you ever get away from it is it is it literally owns you um you thought you owned your phone but it owns you uh so now it can ride in the special little jacket pocket that they make just for it think about that uh, i don't want a jacket that doesn't have a space for my bff my phone all right uh, so listen to this. It's got a back protector pocket, which all of them do. And I think it has swappable, uh, just like all my jackets pretty much have swappable um, armor. And so the back usually does have a pocket for that. Um, it's got an interior cargo pocket, which is really nice. I threw some stuff in there and it does carry quite a bit. It's not super tight against my skin like my Alpine Stars was. My Alpine Stars was a small. I fit in it um, when I was really, really cut. 
I fit in it well. Now that I've put on a few LBs, I just fit in it. This thing, since it's a medium, it uh, fit just as good as the Alpine Stars did. Um, I can make it real tight again if I get like real lean or get emaciated or spend so much time riding through the desert that I get totally desiccated like an old greasy sponge and I just like, you know, sweat off 15 pounds, I can adjust it tighter. So this one's really nice. I like its perfect shape. Um, re, oh, what's it got? Uh, all new zippers, and they're the YKK kind, um, which I think most of them are, the YKX, whatever the fuck it is. I think it's YKK. It's hard to read. They put like gray writing on a black tag. Smarty pants, is not trying to be cool. Um, it's got reinforced double layer elbows, which is good because when you fall down, that's where you're going to do it. It's got neoprene insert at the cuffs and um, ulna. So, yeah, that's true. There is like this, yeah, it feels really good inside and it's comfy and it's stretchy. It's not tight at the bottom like most of my jackets are. Um, it's got a cuff that zips closed instead of zip open, which I actually have a one that zips open. It's really weird. So this one zips closed. Uh, you zip it down and toward the cuff and then um, flip a little Velcro tab over it to hold it in place, or a snap, I forget. I have it right here, why not look at it? It is a little Velcro tab that holds the zipper down so that there's no chance of it opening up. Um, it's also got an adjustable waist, which I mentioned, if you eat a big turkey dinner, you can always let that out a couple snaps. <laughs> yeah. It's got reflective elements all over it. The color that I actually got too, they had a lot of blacks in stock. I have every one of my jackets is black. This is why I went to get a new jacket. Not only was my Alpine Stars fully mesh and ballistic, it was, uh, I loved, it didn't really keep me hydrated because if you're riding through heat, it literally blew the heat out of you and out the back. And so once you sweat and it blew that heat off, it was gone. Where my leather jacket keeps the heat, keeps the sweat inside and just like rolls around your body and then you get wind coming in and it kind of cools you off, but it doesn't blow out the back like a mesh jacket. So this one's nice because it's not all ballistic mesh all the way through like my Alpine Stars. It's got like a little bit of these like inner panels that doesn't just let the air blow straight through kind of like a radiator it kind of blows in and then keeps whatever sweat is on your body kind of recirculating air over it to keep you keep you cool so it doesn't just blow the water off of you like my alpine stars and now you're dry and you don't have any sweat to get air hitting it so um i do like that whatever they've done to this thing to make it um uh, have all these weird little circulatory pat, uh, like you know, segments in it. Um, the reflective elements is another thing. I also got a like I'm saying. I don't know what color this is. Does it say here? It's like white, but I think oh, they call it silver and black. Yeah, I guess it is like a light silver. It almost looks white, but I wanted something that wasn't black. All my fucking jackets are black. Um, finally got a white one. And then it's got hand pockets with a key clip inside, which is really convenient if you think you might lose your keys. I usually throw them in my pants pocket or my jacket pocket, depending on if I'm sitting or standing when I throw them in a pocket. This thing has a fucking key clip, so there's no chance of you accidentally throwing it in one of your pockets and forgetting and then dropping it out because you're doing cartwheels or backflips with your buddies in your motorcycle gear to show off how flexible and gymnastic you are. No. This thing has a little key clip right in there uh, that holds it in your in your pocket. I think it's on the left side, too. And I'm left-handed, so that uh, works out perfectly. Um, what else? Interior uh, belt and jean loops, which is awesome. 
Uh, and it's also got the interior zipper and pant connector so you can zip it to your riding pants. All of my riding pants have YKK zippers on them and all of my jackets have YKK zippers so that you can kind of zip it into a one piece and not all the way around but at least in the back. Um, so yeah, that's all the features of this, of this thing. It's pretty cool. Um, and it was like I'm saying, they give you a little body protection system guide here to show you what types of uh, armor it's got in it. It's got like a whole little user manual and a size chart here. So anyway, that's my new jacket. It was all of $179 on sale. It's called the Reax, R-E-A-X, Alta. And um, they also had the Reax something else mesh, which he was trying to upsell me on. That's the leather and uh, and ballistic one. So this is the all ballistic one. And I love it because it's silver. Finally, I have a light colored jacket. When I'm riding home on the freeway, they won't just see blackness and a taillight. They'll see something white and a taillight because <laughs> all my riding pants and my helmets are dark too. So that's the only light thing on there. Um, and if I have a backpack on, I guess I'm fucked because all of them are black too. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to give that a big shout out because I love this jacket. It kept me cool when it was 120 in the desert. The only thing that didn't keep me cool was the fucking air baking me out there. So I mean, it's, I still was overcome with heat and I felt like I was going to die. Um, and it's literally just because all the air coming through my helmet, all the air coming through my jacket was 120 degrees. So even though I was sweating a little bit, and the air was hitting that sweat. It was hot fucking air, so it just didn't cool me off very good. I uh, probably needed a cool shirt or something that they make where you can like either wet it or it has little tubes with fucking dry ice, and uh, that's old racing technology. But anyway, I digress. Moving on. My helmet. Now, I did want to mention the helmet. It's an Icon Airflight Rubitone helmet, and the Rubitone is the black kind of rubber. Feel It feels rubberized um, in your hand. But it's their matte black, of course, because Chris Wiggins wore it in the commercial. He gave it to me. Um, and so all my other helmets that I have, I have a THH, which is Snell certified. It's like the only Snell certified helmet I have. But it's from a 1,000 years ago when I used to autocross. So the Snell certification and the DOT uh recommendation recommended uh, life is gone on that thing but that was solid white my sparks helmet which is now like nex or something like that or maria helmets i don't fucking know they've got bought out and sold by so many uh, different asian uh helmet manufacturers now that i don't know who owns or makes sparks but i think it's nex helmets n-e-x-x uh, i could be totally wrong about that i'm just I'm saying i think that's who it is um they it was white with the stripes on it so i mean it was still white um majority of it was white so this rubitone helmet is all black and um i have a couple of helmets from the 70s which i am not going to wear because they're basically like worthless then they're even more worthless now that speed limits are higher so but they are orange and white as well but i'm not going to wear them like i said the eps is from the 70s and so is the quality of the helmet so uh I'm stuck with this black one if I want to look cool. Now the Rubitone, I got to tell you, they're starting at they start at 250 bucks from what I found on the internet. Icon suggested retail um, I think it's 250 on this thing too. So that's pretty good. Everywhere I looked, the Icon Airflight Rubitones were 250 bucks. 
Um, I love this thing. It's a medium, I think. So Wiggins is like this, or, or a small. So Wiggs and I have the same head size. He also gave me a pair of shoes from that photo. He basically gave me his whole outfit from that photo shoot. He must have like rolled around in Bumpy and was like, I don't want to take this home. Giving it to the Turdman. So I got the shoes, the jacket, and the helmet from that, and they all fit me except for the jacket's a little big. So me and Wiggs are must be the same size. So I don't know if he's a medium or a small helmet. I think I'm a I think I'm a small. Maybe I am a medium on a helmet too. But um this thing uh, fits tight like a helmet should, but not too tight. My head has never got fatigued in it. I love the big old face shield. Um, and they have a MIPS version. This MIPS stuff is multi-directional impact protection system. Uh, if this MIPS stuff is what I'm thinking it is, where it's like the little round tubes instead of expanded polystyrene, what happens is when you hit, in the old days, you would still get neck injuries because the helmet now pushes against your head and then twist your head with it as it's getting twisted. This MIP stuff pushes the helmet against your head but spreads it out instead of just having one block of styrene pressing against your head. You have like hundreds of little uh, tubes pressing against it and each little tube can uh, impact. It's like having a bunch of little springs in your helmet. So the ones that are closest to the impact can squish down harder. The ones away from the impact will squish down a little less where if it, when it, when it used to just be a EPS like block around your head that hits sure each little molecule of styrene gets pressed together but the whole block has taken some of the brunt where this one gets isolated and it, and it allows the helmet to rotate at a greater force than your head so that your head and neck don't take all that torque the helmet does it kind of like turns on your head rather than your head turning inside of it so I think that's what MIPS is is those little tube designs that um, the Caselli Foundation and this company Vices was making for kids to make football safer. Um, it's this new sort of like look at how uh, stuff, um, how brain injuries are, are made it's because of helmet design um, and smashing into things with your head. Don't do that. Anyway, the MIPS version of this Icon Air Flight retails, suggested retail on the internet is 320 bucks. So not a whole lot over the 250 for just the regular version. So I would suggest that if you're really worried about doing head spins or looking cool or having a good helmet. Um, it's not out of the, you know, crazy realm of affordable helmets. And Icons used to be Snell certified. They're not Snell cer certified anymore. Um, there was actually one of the one of the clubs in New Mexico, one of the race clubs, said. Now this is all also. Uh, I'm not even going to talk about it because it's it's a uh, it's all. Uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? It's uh, anecdotal. So anyway, I won't even talk about it. But I did want to say that this Rubitone. Uh, Airflight helmet looks really cool. There's various different like little uh, spoilers you can get for the rear, um, visors you can get for the front. They r range anywhere from like forty dollars to like I think it was like a hundred bucks, or maybe it was eighty bucks. But the, you can get a clear one. This is what I wanted to do. I want to ride at night, and it's got a dark one, and then it's got a flip down sunshade for um, when I was riding through Vegas. I had the shield down and the inner visor down, and the inner visor's tinted like sunglasses. So, uh, yeah, I wore that baby down, and 
It's nice to flip up your visor when you're in super bright environments and have an inner sunshade down because you need that visor open to get air to your face when you're sitting in 100 degree weather. And then you need that sun protection and you don't want to always wear sunglasses in there. And then flip down a dark visor and it's like, ooh, man. So this is super, super convenient. It's like having sunglasses that you can take off at the push of a button. It's so nice. Um, I wanted to say also on this thing about the wind. Wind is huge. My helmet, a couple of my helmets um, have been a little bit noisy. Um, my Sparks helmet, actually the rubber like seal around the bottom of it came off after like, I don't know, I had it for like 10 years. So I mean, it's not, wasn't a very expensive helmet, but the rubber seal came off and the wind noise got excessive to the point where I felt like I was going deaf and I could literally move my head around in the wind and hear it getting louder or quieter. And the position that it was quieter in was very uncomfortable to ride in. And so I really love this Icon Air Flight. I ride with earplugs regardless. And no matter how I turn my head, it, I don't feel it getting any louder. And, and uh, you know, it's really, really good. Um, been one of the best ones I have for wind protection. Uh, so I really love that about it. Um, the gloves I have, I recently purchased also just a few months ago. Um, they were $49.99. They are the built sprint gloves. And I don't have the packaging anymore, but just looking at them, they have um, armor on the knuckles. And my old field shears were pretty good. I love those things. And they finally disintegrated. And uh, also, like, I wear my stuff until it falls apart. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But once it starts to fall apart, uh, it's no longer protected. Then it's a liability, right? So my field shears lasted me forever. Um, they kept the, uh, they had knuckle armor on them. I loved it. Um, if you fall down and slap the back of your hand, you're not going to break bones. You know what I'm, gonna, you know what I'm saying? It, you, it might still hurt. You might still feel it. But that knuckle armor makes such a difference. Even just slapping my hand with my other hand. Actually, I have a meat cleaver in this hand. Now I have no fingers. Um, I love having knuckle armor because it, it really does make a big difference. And if you accidentally do slap, it's bad enough landing on your palms and getting a big-ass bruise on your palm, but slapping the back of your knuckles and not knowing if you broke a fucking fist, like for a while, that sucks. So these new builds uh, are the first gloves I've had in a long time that has knuckle armor again. I went to some Joe Rocket gloves. I went to some Fox gloves. Um, they all have, you know, basic protection, but... Mm, if I were to fall, the, even most they, uh, the Fox ones were very thin. I think you know they're pretty much like motocross gloves. Should not have been riding with those on the street. They had a leather palm, and that's about it. The back, had you landed on the street and slid on it, would have just tore right open, and you would have ground your knuckles down to the bone. My Joe Rockets, on the other hand, are all synthetic with some cheesy padding on the back of the knuckles. So I guess if you fall down, at least it won't wear through immediately into your bone meat um, especially if you're sliding on top of your hand or something like if you fall weird um, but the palm does have leather those things are real supple and grippy I really do like them because they're flexible um, you add any amount of armor or leather padding to a glove it's not going to be um, as flexible but these built ones they're very comfortable um, they also line up a little better. I've had gloves that the stitching was weird, especially on the pinkies. When you have a hands as small as mine and you're trying to make, or Donald Trump's, you know, we both have like little weird baby hands. If you're trying to make gloves to fit our hands, um, you eventually need like a 13-year-old uh, or a miniature um, sewing machine 
to make it because they either have to have the small fingers, and I know most people that are 13 have hands as big as mine, or the machines have to be small to make these curves to make it right. Sometimes you get that weird stitch that just pushes right on the, the seam, right on your fingernail or something, like right where your finger and fingernail meet, and it rips up on your fingernail. It feels like a freaking Vietnam uh, prisoner of war torture, like where they're stuffing bamboo on your fingernails, or it pinches you right in the joint where your fingers meet together. Like those joints can sometimes be, you know, you feel like you're carrying around uh, a wad of gum in between each finger right there at your... Um, at the joint at the intersection where they meet your hand and so these built gloves that i got surprisingly because built is like a house brand for cycle gear right they're actually surprisingly well made and they feel great and i love the the knuckle armor <clears throat> the one drawback they do have is that they're blue and that's not the drawback the drawback is i believe whatever they dyed them with smells like cat urine so your hands smell like urine and my hands were a little bit blue after wearing them especially after driving through the, the nevada heat and uh, parts of the humidity um west of ne- or east of nevada um and just the moisture being in the air, period, my hands were a little bit blue when I took them out, and they smell like cat pee. So as soon as these gloves break in, I'll let you know. I've had them since, like, December, though, and they haven't broken in yet. And so maybe I haven't gone on enough rides. Between December and March, there was only a few uh, months of riding that I did until the COVID hit. I just need to make a drop of that, so I need to quit saying that. COVID. Um, and anyway, so, I mean, I guess I didn't have it given them their, like, I don't know. They need a few months out on the road, I think, before they start stop stinking like cat pee. Um, the next thing I wanted to talk about was my, uh, I didn't even write my my, ta- my bag uh, net on there, but I probably should give that a shout out too. So the next thing is going to be my Polar dry bag. Polar is P-O-L-E-R. I think I went to their company the other day and it used to be polarstuff.com. And now if you go to that, it looks like a website camping um, or che- very, very cheesy website that just probably wants you to buy their domain from them. But P-O-L-E-R.com, I believe, or .org. I forget what the fuck the company is. Um, you go there and these dry bags that they have are friggin' sweet. Now, the one that he gave me, this is another Wiggins gave me a dry bag. Um, I have a few dry bags and I have a few riding bags, um, but since Wiggs just gets them from Icon, he gave me a really awesome one um, a few months ago, and then he gave me this Polar one. I don't know why he gave me that one, but it was very nice. This thing, I believe, is the 20-liter high and dry pack. No longer available, but it was $99. They have a big backpack on the side, and they make like adventure gear for surfers and hikers and uh mountain bikers so this thing being a dry bag uh is fit for outdoor life people that are living off the grid people that are young zillennials you know what i mean that like don't don't have a job but live at the beach no i don't know i'm just making that up sorry zillennial. i shouldn't say that um but anyway they made it in a 20 liter and a 70 liter and then i think they had like a 140 liter duffel bag and they didn't look very big and i was like dude the guy in this ad must be seven feet tall because this bag what i believe is the 20 liter bag i don't know how big 20 liters is i don't drink soda so i don't know what a 20 liter soda is but i fit an entire coleman backpack into this dry bag and it has a roll top and it's still rolled down and clamped so an entire um regular 
sleeping bag. Is that what I said? The Coleman? Did I say a Coleman campfire grill? I meant Coleman sleeping bag. If I said Coleman something else, I might have said Coleman mini bike for all I know. But um, I put a entire sleeping bag in there and it fit in and it came out easily both times um, with like room to spare on the side for some power cords for like phones or something like that or a pair of drumsticks if you ride your motorcycle and you want a drum on the sleeping bag um you could probably fit a small snare drum or a little uh, bongo or something in there i have used this bag to also pick up uh food during this pandemic time and it fits a family of fours food in there with room to spare i could put i could go pick up food for someone else too like two families of four plus a giant baguette like I could, you could fit a couple baguettes down there on the side this thing is so huge um, I really like it so if you get your chance to get one of these through like a, a NOS you know if somebody has them used or somebody has some new old stock or anything uh, check it out quit yawning by the way all you people yawning out there but yeah check it out it's the polar dry bag uh, the high and dry pack um, and they have a bunch of cool designs on there now at polar.com all right, let's get in. Let's switch gears here. Tableware, do you want to? Um, let's take a quick break too. Patrice, you've been looking like you wanted to um, say something for a long time, and I know you and Tobor were talking about uh, like chatting about stuff. So I'm going to let you guys do that right now. Uh, we got some show topics here. Don't say the name of the, the word of the week, but let's get into this week's show. I want to talk about some racing. I want to talk about. Um, American flat crack. Am I going to have to get around it by saying that? Because I don't want to shoot one of these slugs or ugly dogs. Um, but I don't want to say the word of the week either. So we got that stuff, and we're going to be talking about some very miscellaneous stuff. So what do you got for me there, Tobor? Cue it up, baby. Um, I know you guys hate when I drop hardware. It's like it's your friend. Do you know this mouse? Do you know this plug? Do you know that right there? Do you know that? That's a clamp. That's a wood clamp. You don't know that. That's not robotic. All right. So Tobor, you were holding up a, an email there on your screen and it says something, some press release from Michelle Lamphere. Uh, I believe I've heard her talking on Motorcycles and Misfits. Why don't you read it off to us, Tobor? What you got? Rev Sisters is a newly created partnership of three women motorcyclists who plan and manage motorcycle events. Earlier this year they announced a series of motorcycle film festivals to be held across the United States. The first festival, Santa Cruz Moto Film Festival, was cancelled earlier this year due to a ban on public events. The second festival in the 2020 series, the Black Hills Motorcycle Film Festival, will be held online August 14-16. At a time when motorcyclists may need an escape and a channel to reconnect with their moto community, Rev Sisters is offering tickets to this online event at no charge. Attendees can watch videos at their own pace from the comfort of their own homes. The curated collection of more than nine hours of films includes a variety of riding styles from around the world, flat track racing, round the world adventure travel, bike building, moto culture and more. Each film is inspired and creative and will leave viewers yearning to get back out on the road. Winners for each category Ultra Short, Short and Feature, will be announced during the festival. A third event, the South Jersey Moto Film Festival, is scheduled to air online later this year. Each of these festivals is intended to be a live annual event in future years. Tickets for the Black Hills Motorcycle Film Festival are available at https colon slash slash revsisters.com events bhmff2020. All right. Thank you, Tobor. Um, you said the word of the week there. I'm sorry, but we're going to have to... Uh... Oh, God. There went one of the hideous dogs. 
Yes, don't shoot those slugs. Um, I don't know if you knew when you said it, but you did say it. What? You look like you're upset. You're shooting a dog. Why do you look so upset about that? I want to blast a cat. We don't have any more cats, Billboard. That's the whole thing. So anyway, I'm sorry about that. Uh, Patrice, you got your hand up. Oh, oh, you got your thing. So yeah, the Rev Sisters. So the Rev Sisters is uh, a group of girls. I think Michelle Lamphere is the one that sent me uh, that press release. Thanks you for reading it, Tobor. And Liza is the one. And actually, when I was listening to you read the website down there, it was, you, you read that so robotically. It almost sounded like you were describing your model number. It was kind of funny. Maybe you can do it for us later. Um, but yeah, so go to um, just check out RevSisters.com forward slash events and the Black Hills Motorcycle Film Festival is obviously BHMFF 2020 so that's the event that you were referencing I think if you go to the website it says it there um, what do you want to say Patrice you look like you wanted to give us some info on the uh, Rev Sisters Liza, Michelle and Shauna became friends in the midst of planning a global event Woman Riders World Relay they discovered that they were able to balance one another's talents to create amazing things and together became a powerhouse team. 18 months of long nights and intense on-the-go planning solidified that Liza, Michelle, and Shauna wanted to continue even after the relay was completed. And so Rev right. Sisters was born. Cool. So yeah, so Liza is Liza Miller from the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast. Michelle is Michelle Lamphere and Shauna is Shauna Shauna Bobana Banana Fana Fofana, uh, that of famous Rev Sisters fame. So yeah, go to RevSisters.com and check out the uh, events page there. And I do believe that um, I do believe that that is a culmination of talent and wisdom and weird old men named Liza Miller. Uh, but yeah, let me see. Yeah, RevSisters.com. You can go there. You can check out their pages uh, for all of their events that are going to be coming up. And I think that's a good point. Like right now, I know the Santa Cruz Film Festival got canceled. Oh, look, Liza is right on their front page on her uh, on her uh, Yamaha. So <clears throat> I know that the Santa Cruz got one got uh, canceled. But as you said, Tobor, um, August 14th through 16th, which is coming up pretty quickly. And I think that coincides with Sturgis, correctly? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I said correctly. I meant correct me if I'm wrong. But um, yeah, I think so. Sturgis is going to be coming up uh, that weekend or he's going to be right around that week. So um, that probably is why they're going to be having it. I know Sturgis is going to be going on right before I went out of town. I believe we reported on Sturgis and it is happening. So that's going, or maybe we didn't, maybe that's something I got to talk about on this episode. Did we not talk about it last episode? I guess not. You ran last episode. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, anyway, yeah, I was listening to the, uh, actually, yeah, I'll tell you better right now. So Sturgis is happening uh, from August, <coughs> excuse me, 7th through the 16th um they are not going to be doing a bunch of stuff that they used to i just watched the mayors one of the first things i did when i got back from the fucking depths of the south was watch the mayor's rally update and see the news that they're talking about so if you want to go to sturgismotorcyclerally.com they got all the news there um they're going to be having some outdoor tents they're not going to be having uh, large groups of people together they're going to be having events like normal. They're going to be having vendors and groups like normal. But what they're not having like normal 
is a bunch of stuff where a bunch of people are inside at one time. Um, and uh, this goes back to the beginning of the show when I was ranting about COVID shit. We could have already had this taken care of, folks, had we just stayed inside. Uh, I know, I know we didn't know and we didn't do it as we, we did stuff really good at first, but like I know four months has felt like eight years, but let me just tell you, we it could have been over and it will take eight years now. Um, and whether or not you believe in COVID, like I was saying before, the fucking government does and they are going to lock you down. Um, unless you're out protesting, then they'll find some way to kidnap you. So just be fucking careful out there and let's get the shit off the goddamn, you know, I'm just ready to get back to normal. So the quicker we stay put and let what everybody perceives as like the next fucking, you know, worst thing in the world pass us by, we will just be perpetuating it. So think of that, motherfuckers, as you're planning your trip to uh, Sturgis. So listen to this. I think that's where Liza's going. I think that they are, her naked Jim are, or Diego Desnudo, as I will call him from now on, um, I think they're headed to Sturgis, um, and it's probably for this film festival. So, uh, yeah, if you're going to Sturgis, this is the crazy because this is the 80th fucking one. So this is a mega year for it, right? Um, and I was thinking about that, like shit, the 80th rally. It's not like the hundredth or anything like that, which is only 20 years away. Um, but you gotta imagine that, like every fifth and tenth year. Um, it's a big one, you know, like, oh, 75, that's huge, man. It's three quarters of a century. 80, I mean, you're getting up there. So, I mean, at 90, I'll be stoked and 100, I'll be stoked. So um, this is kind of a big tool. Every 10 years for it to have gone on for 10 more years and not motorcycling hasn't been eradicated yet. Fuck yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you go to Sturgis, let us know how it is and let us know what the atmosphere was like because it sounds like I don't know if it's going to be paired down. We may, we may see. There may be just like every fucking motorcyclist in the world may finally show up because it's the only time we can ride right now before it gets too hot or too cold. Um, let's see. Anything else did you wanted to say, Patrice? No, that was all you wanted to say? Okay, thank you. You can just sit back down, I guess. Keep doing your little weird dance over there. Um, the next thing on my list was, uh, racing and a return to racing. So, uh, MotoGP, uh, this happened this, this last weekend. Don't ask me why I said it like that. I started to stumble on my words. Um, yay. I got claps and farts for that one. So MotoGP just returned to Jerez this last weekend. I watched some highlights. It was fucking amazing. If you don't have... I, I'm pretty sure they revoked it already. Dorna was giving everybody a GP pass until uh, racing started. Well, guess what? Racing started. No more fucking free ride for you, motherfucker. Um, so you got to pay for it now. But the video pass thing was cool while it lasted. And if you didn't take advantage of it from March till now, you are in the same boat as me, but also more studier than me because I did go look at it. And they had uploaded a ton of shit on YouTube. It's pretty good. Um... The MotoGP that happened was, I think, 10 months in the making. I swear to God that they started to race at Qatar. Did they qualify at Qatar? I swear there was one round this year. Just like I swore that American Flat Crack, I said crack, raced this year as well at Daytona. Weren't they queued up for I know that the presidential order to lock down 
and like finally, if, uh, finally announcing that there was some shit happening and admitting to it happened right at the opening rounds of Daytona Bike Week because I remember everyone freaked out. Um, but I swear to God that they still raced during Bike Week. I thought American uh, Crack Hat had done a race already, but apparently not because this last weekend they said was their uh, triumphant um, season opener. And, and at, you know, if you had done one race or called it, I think that's right. They called it. It was J.D. Beach. was in the news then. And he, he uh, I don't know. I have a feeling he started to win it or was on, on, on uh, the path to win it when they had to shut it down. So, yeah, I guess I, if I had only got through part of one program, I wouldn't have called it either. And I swear to God, MotoGP did the same thing. I swear they raced at Qatar or Qatar, however the fuck you pronounce it. And... Um, for some reason, they're saying no. It's ten months since we raced, so that's another thing. If you were part of the Dorna package, or if you still go to YouTube at MotoGP, I'm sure you can still find it. The uh, virtual GP, I loved watching that. That was a really good idea. It kept people, um, you know, during the European coronavirus that they are apparently mostly over. I don't know if they're having spikes again like we are, but um, they did for a little bit and. Uh, Italy and Spain and all those places were hit pretty fucking hard. Everyone's a lockdown. Everyone's anxious. Motorcycle, you know, world came to a grinding halt. Um, MotoGP, it was really cool what they did. They got riders. They picked 10 of them. Um, and they got them to race on MotoGP the game. Some of these fools didn't even have a freaking PlayStation. Some of these fools had to go buy a PlayStation and buy the game like the night before and figure out how to hook everything up and then get connected to the uh, commentators and all that shit and they really put on a pretty good show they had a couple jack applebottom and his friend pete mcfluff or something like that were the commentators um the racers were at their houses and uh, some of them looked like they were in um dorms where other ones look like that you know like rossi and jorge Larenco. they look like jorge's house looked like a proper fucking uh, a facility It didn't even look like a mansion It looked like a freaking facility It was so dialed in But uh, Rossi's house You know It was interesting Seeing the inside of Where the, these uh, moto racers lived And um, a couple of the people That stood out was To me Fabio Quattararo Because he's been doing really good And Spoiler alert He fucking won the GP um, This opening round uh, For 2020 So he's coming out of the gates Hot uh, Mark Marquez did really well also, as, as did Alex Marquez in the game. Um, Rossi came in where he's been finishing. Like, he came in seventh, I think, when he played. And uh, I think he played twice. Maybe he only played once, but I, I already forget. And it's only been, like, two months ago, so this is sad. Um, but I think he came in, like, seventh, which is where he's been coming in, like, on the grids. Um, and... Uh, what's it called? Who? Oh, Peko Peko Bangyaya, Bangyaya, Peko Bangyurayan is another guy that I was like, oh, checking him out. He actually was doing pretty good as well. Um, so Quateraro, Bangyaya, and Marquez were doing very well on the virtual GPs and not too shabby on the old uh, opening round. Here's how it happened. I watched the, um, I watched the. Highlights and it didn't really have much commentary, it just had footage and sound. What I saw was uh, what I read elsewhere on, on Twitter. So, Twitter said, um, 
and somebody on Reddit too. So Twitter said, I saw Rossi parked at the side watching people go by. So we'll get to him first since everybody loves Valentino Rossi. I used to. He used to be my favorite writer uh, when I first started watching GP. And now I'm like, ah, come on, bro. Like, I haven't won since 2016. I'm not sure if you're really going to make it. But I am rooting for you. Not that I don't want you to win one. But um, I just don't think it's going to be on a... It's time on, to face the truth. Yeah, yeah, Tobor. I mean, not to be harsh, but... Um, yeah, he hasn't won in quite a while. So I'm just... Rossi is worse than Modibut. And Modibut is bad. <laughs> Modibut. Modibut. It's Motobot. That's the little guy Yamaha developed. So Rossi's not doesn't even have a factory deal for next year. Um, he's going to be having to ride like a satellite team bike. So I don't know if he's going to still do it. I mean, I guess I would if I was him. Uh, paycheck never hurts and nobody's going to turn you down. But um, I don't think he's going to win anymore. That's the thing. Um, so what happened in this one was, what happened was uh, Marquez, I think, I don't think he had pole. I think Quartararo had pole. They come off the line. They uh, they go around. Quartararo's giving him a run for his money. Um, he gets out in front of him. I forget who is behind. Marquez fucking crashes. I think he, Marquez was in second or third because I think I think Quartararo went from flag to flag. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think it was a. I think he did flag to flag. Um, didn't get passed. But Marquez is coming after him, or maybe he had got into the lead at one point. Actually, yeah, I think that's what happened. Marquez had got into the lead at one point. Um, and pulled a Marquez where he runs wide. What does Marquez do? Famously runs wide, runs into people, or eats shit when he's out front. So I think that's what happened. He was out front. He ran wide. I saw him go off into the gravel. He didn't fall down. He kept it upright and kept going. Got back on track, almost in the racing line. You know, he left enough space for people to go by, I guess. The camera angle made it look like it was pretty fucking saucy, though. Looked like he got pretty close to the racing line. Comes back. Everybody passes him. He goes from first to last, right? Charges back up through the pack into, like, third spot, maybe even second. Um, Comes around and is just charging like a madman. Gets past everyone. And we're not just talking like the back markers. We're talking every fucking person back up to second or third place. And then has this nasty fucking high side. So on his way back to the top, he pushes and pushes and pushes. And that's what Mark Marquez does. He finds that line and he doesn't ride on it. He rides a little bit before it or a little after it. So he went after it. And busted his humorous, which is the huge, uh, ironically named humorous, because it's not humorous when you break that bone. Um, so anyway, yeah, I didn't want to ruin anybody's um, GP if you haven't seen it yet. But yeah, he he busted his humorous, and uh, he, there goes my hopes that he was going to win this year's uh, things. He's already been through surgery. Uh, that was like Sunday was the race or Saturday Sunday. He's already been through surgery. And had his arm fixed, and is going to be back on track soon. So uh, imagine that, having that sort of budget. I, I, and going back into politics about two presidents ago, um, do you all remember when George Bush was like, his campaign platform was no stem cell research because stem cells come from babies or dead babies or something like that. I don't know what the fuck. But stem cells are literally just harvested stem cells from like embryonic matter. And I'm pretty sure that's what they're pumping into this 
guy's arm to make it grow back at the rate that a baby grows in the womb. Uh, I think that's how stem cells work. But yeah, imagine if stem cell research had been, I think it did get like the brakes put on it back when George Bush was president. And I think they've opened it up since. And his arm got worked on Monday and he's already back saying, I'll be back, um, you know, two days after surgery, uh, thinking he'll be back, maybe not the next race, but the race after that. Now, the thing is, I think it was going to be 18 races, as was American Clack Flack. And um, they're both going to be abbreviated or extremely rapidated, which means, um, I don't know, ask, ask a somebody that knows what rapidated means what it means um i think it means that it's going to be accelerated to the point where you're having two races every weekend which is really nice so i don't think MotoGP is going to do that but i do think they won't have a bunch of race weekends in between um and so the shortened season to make up for uh the covid blocking out a few months of racing i don't know if that puts him out of contention for the championship already so that's one thing to choke on second thing to choke on in american crack crack um jared meese takes the win in the historic aft super twins opener so jared meese is like i don't know six time champ five time champ i forget when he beat um smith i think it was 2016 or 15 that's when smith won meese won them all again he pulled a marquez won a bunch in a row finally uh briar bauman took it away last year and now Meese wins the season opener. I think he's on. I think he's got a. Um, he's on a streak right now. I guess what I'm trying to say. And so as long as nothing bad happens to him, I think he's got a good chance to take it again. I think Bauman either crashed out or something. I forget. He looked pretty sad in all the pictures that I saw of him. So I don't know if he crashed out or what. But uh, I know there was a restart where. Um, Carver came together with Meese. Meese took him. They don't call him the jammer for nothing. He took Carver down, and uh, Carver didn't make the restart, it looks like. Um, so Robinson, Bauman, Bauman, or Price, and uh, those guys came in, I think, I don't know, third, second, and fourth. So Brandon Robinson, uh, Ben Evans racing was second at the restart. Briar Bauman, uh, Brandon Price, and Bronson Bauman. We're, uh, we're next. I don't see who, who won it. I'm not going to read read this fucking page. But I did want to say um, that they had to... Uh, the Twins is looking mighty sweet. Um, and the, uh, the Indians look like they're on par again. I think almost all the top people were on Indians. Um, and Indians got a pretty sweet lineup of stuff coming, so I think that's pretty rad. Um, the, the, the singles riders, there's a few of them that have come up. I think Dalton Gaultier, who was the reigning singles rider. Um, also, uh, who's the Flying Tomatoes name? Um, Colby Carlisle. And I think he came up to, to the Super Twins. Um, I know Dalton Gaultier is in Super Twins. Um, I think Jared... Vanderquade, he no, he was already in there. Who's there's another? There's another singles rider that came up, and I just can't remember who, who the heck it was. But um, I know I know that Dalton Gaultier was one. I know that um, 
I'm pretty sure that uh, uh, Colby Carlisle's one, and I can't remember who, who the hell the next one is, but that leaves like a bunch of people in the singles. Now, there is also some, um, what's it called? There's also some Twins writers that went back to singles. Like this year, Henry Wiles is only doing singles. Uh, Mikey Rush is doing singles. I think... Tanner Dean, I forget if he used to be on Twins. No, I think he might have been on singles. Um, he's there. Danny Eslick, I think, is going to be either racing Factory Twins or singles. And then Shayna Texter. So with, with all these guys gone, with Car- Carlisle gone, um, Gaultier gone, and I forget who the heck the last guy is. I, I read it somewhere. Uh, they had graduated to the... Um, uh, Super Twins class So it's given some people in the, the singles class A little bit better chance um, Max Whale took the uh, Looks like he took away with the win His very first win In American Plap Plap um, And so that guy was doing pretty good A couple years ago when I watched it I didn't watch it last year at all Because you had to have a season pass For fans choice and I got lost in it, and so I didn't watch. But I think Max Whale was doing pretty good last time I checked in. Um, Henry Wiles, like I said, uh, doing pretty good. Um, and some of the older people or younger people out back into uh, Production Twins. Um, so the Production Twins class, I'm just starting to ramble on now. I'm just including this. Anyway, I just wanted to say that it was cool having racing back finally. Um, the, the Twins, Production Twins champ, uh, Corey Texter had to take a third, and I think Ryan Varnes, who is also like a, uh, I want to say Ryan Varnes, wasn't he a road racer or something like that, um, came in first, James Rispoli came in second, so we got like a Ninja 650, a Harley Davidson, and a uh, Yamaha MT-07, you got a pretty good mix in the production twins, that's why I like production classes, that's why I like World Superbike. Uh, and all that jazz. You see a lot of cool stuff and cool guys racing. You can kind of sort out the money from the talent in this in the production twins and even sometimes the singles. But that was my notes for that. Let's get back to this real quick. Um, so yeah, coronavirus. What won't be happening, and why we need to race, why we need to wear our fucking masks, and why we need to do it regardless of what you feel is because hey it'll get the coronavirus out of this fucking country um as fast as possible um assuming that assuming that uh, they also hopefully get a virus for it or a antivirus what the fuck am I talking about? vaccine um but also the reason it affects us is shit like Sturgis can't go down shit like the film festivals getting cancelled as long as there's still spikes in these states and cases keep going up whether they're fake numbers or not I mean I guess that's no way to get against that but um stay home man and like let's get this shit out of here so that even if even if uh no matter if you think it's real or not or if you think you're at risk or not because it is real but if you think you're at risk or not we just get it gone and get everyone quit fucking worrying about it and get back to normal um as a result of people not doing that and the recent spikes in texas there will be no austin round of MotoGP this year and probably because it's going to take a lot of money for teams that have been quarantining and trying to fucking do it right over in europe to fly over here to the u.s that's one thing but then when there's rising cases that's the second thing like nope so we're not going to get MotoGP here i'm surprised they're going to let sturgis be here 
Um, there's a lot of racing and a lot of events, though, that I don't want to get canceled. I think we can do it right within the guidelines now. But fuck, man, just get this shit down. We were doing so good for a while. How would it go back up? And if you think, like my uncle did, that it's because they want to get Trump out of office, it means you're telling me, like, all this is going to go away in November. You're telling me that in November of the year before or December or even January that somebody thought of this and then the rest of the world went along with it and totally locked down and quarantined so that they could get Trump out of office in November of this year? You're crazy. Like this thing spread through the world and killed people all over the world. So I know it's a real thing. Um, and I know we have to fucking just get it out of here. And the only way to do that is to wear your stupid fucking mask. Um, quit coughing all over people. Um, so riding and racing, uh, quarantine open to public. They're, they started to open California up. Cases spike. They're closing everything back down. I hope to God they don't start closing like outdoor stuff again. Like the Long Beach swap meet was so stoked to have it come back. I was out of town when it opened up and I was looking forward to going to it again, but now it looks like some of these swap meets may be canceled. So we might be going right back to March when we are having shit canceled out from underneath us and we're wondering, is this going to get canceled? And yes, it is because nobody's going to feel like going to the shit or wasting their time to put it on for six people that might show up. So get it fucking slammed. Slam the door on the shit right now so that we can have people not waste their time and not keep losing fucking money. You think think that um, people are willing to sacrifice the... U.S. economy and the global economy to get one guy out of office. My uncle's crazy. Like, I don't know. He's just a crazy guy. But I do agree that there's some shit happening that's kind of shysty. So what I'm just saying is let's get this shit out of here so that nobody can get, like, do shysty shit for benefits and for, you know, I don't know, all this crazy stuff that goes along with having a pandemic in your country. Um, miscellaneous shit I want to talk about. Bike builds. What's going to happen? What's not going to happen? Well, I can tell you what. I'm devoting more time to um, my rebuild of Bri Viffer's VFR. Not really a rebuild. I'm not rebuilding anything. I'm modifying a little bit. Um, Bri Viffer's VFR that he let me borrow for the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge, which has also been canceled for 2020. Um, he let me borrow that a couple years ago for like the 18 and 19 one or like the 17, 18 one. Um, and it was so awesome. And, uh, yeah, I guess I used it last year too. So, um, basically it, uh, when it's been crashed, I think when he first, when I first met him, it was all together, but then, uh, he had an accident a couple years ago in 2017. Um, I know because I saw him at Twisted Throttles in a sling and some girl had, uh, a new girl just got her license, had made him crash. So the side panels are gone, but the bike is still in really good, excellent condition. Nothing else wrong, just cosmetic stuff. So what I'm doing is I'm making some new stuff. Secret's out. He's probably listening now and I've been trying to keep it under wraps, but I'm making some, some new panels for it. I've taken some videos so I could maybe make like a little YouTube of it at some point when I'm done with the whole thing. But there's been a lot of shit with coronavirus and everything happening where my workload at work has been quadrupled. Um, so anyway, long story short, that's going on. Since Mo- Nokomoto has kind of folded or gone on hiatus, I'm going to put the Bosozoku bike build on hold. And that was already on the back burner because I really wanted to get Brian for his bike done first. And um, 
was kind of experimenting with different looks, so it's just like a little bit in my spare time here and there messing around with it. I might just paint the stuff that I have and put it back on his bike. I don't know. Or, and, or I might just put um, his bikes together, but I take it off and like measure it and mock it up, put it back on. So I might just uh, put his bike back together and then make a thousand different pieces on here and let him choose which ones he, he wants to take. So, But at any rate, I'm doing a VFR body rebuild um, for this thing. Um, I'm not going to be doing the Bosasoku right now at least. So that's going to go in the back burner. That's going to still be my long-term project, and I can't wait to get his bike done so I can start on it because I really only like having one or two bikes to work on at one time. Otherwise, you're just chasing dreams, wishes, and, and money. So... Um, I did get some rider interactions, and I do want to talk about those before we wrap up the show. Um, rider interactions. Brian Honeycutt, he was on our Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge team last year, and I still keep in touch with him on Facebook and see him doing all this crazy stuff. He just finished doing an iron butt on his wife's G310GS, which is a BMW baby uh, baby adventure bike made uh, in partnership with TBR, which is an Indian company. Um, the G310 was designed with them, uh, and it looks really good, and it's built to BMW specs, and they always look like really good little bikes to me. He says it's fucking magnificent. It does everything better, as good as or better than his G1200 GS, except for go long distances, which I get it. It's uh, got a much smaller tank, and it's a much smaller engine that'll just shake you to pieces. Even though it's a BMW, it's a balanced single. Um... So he said he's also might be looking to back to back um, saddle sore uh, <laughs> back to back saddle sore 1000s god now my throat's dry I'm dying over here um, so yeah I'm going to keep in touch with him maybe we can get him on the show to see how that goes and how that's been going doing big stuff on little bikes that's what I'm all about um, Bri Viffer who uh, we were just talking about his VFR he's going to be sending me some LEDs um, for the instrument cluster the instrument cluster bulbs are all halfway there. I was looking through my bulb drawer just a couple of weeks ago to see if I had some to plug in so that you could see the fuel gauge at night instead of just the speedo and the tack. I was like, ah, oh, these other gauges over here would be cool to see. I didn't have the right size bulbs. He says he's got some LED bulbs that he put into uh, his other VFRs. Famously, he had like five, I think, when he first started listening to the show, or seven, and he sent me a picture. I couldn't believe it. Um, so he's got plenty of them to spare. I think he's pared down to a few, but he's got some spare parts. So for this one, he's got some spare LED bulbs. Now, the bulbs that go in here are, I'm pretty sure, 194s. I cannot remember bulb sizes to save my life, but I'm pretty sure they're 194s, which are these little tiny, um, tiny bulbs bulbs that go into like you know stuff like turn signal lenses sometimes um sometimes they go into like licensed lamps you know you, they go into like instrument cluster lamps little tiny tiny ones so he's sending me some led ones i'm kind of excited about that because i didn't know they made a replacement like spade type bulbs i think that's what the 11 uh the 194s are is like little spade types um and so yeah i'm excited to see what he sends and then it, i'm excited for him to see his bike and if he approves 
We'll stick it on our website or somewhere where you can see it. Um, and we're just about to get out of here. I've talked about everything I need to talk about. I did have some current events. Um, one was this was the Black Hills motorcycle uh, rally. Um, one, another one. Let me look in my Instagram. That's where I've been saving everything lately. And also, Instagram's been sucky. Like my Instagram doesn't seem to want to. Um, I don't know. It's just weird. It doesn't seem to want to. Uh, display anything, so I don't understand like exactly what's going on. Oh yeah, this weekend, July 25th, this Saturday is the big long one, baby. Um, put on by our friends at Skidmark Garage and Noble Moto. Kick stands up at 10:15. Um, put these cities into your Google Apps map and then select Avoid Highways, and you can go to their post and see they're going to be going through mostly Ohio. Um, it's going to be a long ride. It's going to be a big, long one, baby. Your butt's going to hurt after this big one. All right. Uh, what else do I got on here? Oh, uh, that was it. I have a guy jumping on a microwave and breaking his clavicle. Then I have, oh, Hell on Wheels. Um, that was already over, July 11th. That happened when I was out of town. Um, but, yeah, I guess I don't have anything else. That was just it. Um, SoCal Cycle Swap Me. I hope that they have it again. Uh, this I guess it would be this weekend if it's the last weekend of the month, but I haven't seen anything advertised. Um, but yeah, so go check out those. Check out Sturgis if you're going to go. That's coming up in a couple weeks. Go check out the big hard one with the no- Noble Moto and Skidmark Garage. Um, and then let us know what you got going on. And finally, this last call to action. Remember, please, please uh, have riders call us. Either go to our facebook page and hit email the show and it'll automatically pop up an email to creative writing podcast at gmail.com or call us at 740-563-2858 or dm us on instagram or message us on facebook or well, however you want to do it send a um pigeon for all i care with a little message taped up uh or send a little pigeon with a cowboy hat on and him smoking like the message rolled up like a cigarette in the corner of his mouth that has you someone you know maybe a relative that either got into writing and immediately got out because it was too scary or they crashed or it's just not for them or somebody that wanted to get into writing and it was just too much like just too crazy or they took a class and like lost interest right away because it was intense um got too old maybe it's a medical issue any shit like that um yeah have them give us a call what I'm not th- oh, that was you okay. um yeah have them give us a call or contact the show we want to do a future show on this i'm going to make a hard cutoff of like uh let's say let's say sturgis let's say august 16th um because that gives us like what three weeks so three more weeks to get people to come in i've only got one person reach out so far i have been on vacation but still um yeah anybody reach out just have somebody reach out and and uh tell us what they think what are you pot you're popping over there tobor uh everybody have a good weekend no have a good weekend okay have a good weekend how's that is that much better um so keep the shiny side up keep the rubber side down i hope you're happy to be back with the old junkmeister and yes i hear you patrice she's going off too all right everybody the robots are going crazy it's time for us to get out of here hope you had a good show and uh, it's been good to be back and yak with you the creative writing family all right 
All right, creative writers, you made it to this far. We're at the end of the show. I just wanted to tell our Patreon subscribers that uh, I'm working on stickers right now. You guys have seen some of the designs that I started making before I went on vacation. I also made a digital coloring book for everybody during the COVID pandemic beginnings. I did not know how long this thing was going to go on. So the coloring book barely held you over. I mean, it's like almost nothing. So I uh, told you I'd get a print version ready. Um, There are, most things are back up and running near me. So I will try and get a print version out, an actual hard copy of it. Um, We had a patron leave us uh, and we're sorry to see them go, but they are still going to get the things that we were working on up until the beginning of this uh, last pay month. Um, they're still going to get that stuff because they were uh, members when we were working on it. So um, all that great jazz, be looking for it in your mailboxes um, or your bird nest, wherever you get your mail. Um, That should be coming up hopefully by the end of this month, if everything goes right. The end of this month is only like a week away. So hopefully um, I'll have the details nailed down and I will have an expectation date, like I'm saying, giving myself one more week to get all this stuff uh, kind of put together and figure out when it, when it, when it will ship. So, um, all right, everybody. All right, patrons. Um, you guys take it easy sleazy. I hope you enjoyed the, uh, photo album that I stuck up on our Patreon page of my trip and my crazy family members. And, uh, yeah, stories shall be coming and I'm going to put some, uh, extra music up on the Patreon, um, page this week, I think. All right, everybody. Bye.